0: Marcus Ellison. Making a movie is tough. There's dozens of moving parts from scripts and locations to costumes and equipment. And that's before you even line up your cast and start shooting the thing. And making a movie for a film competition like 72 Film Fest where you only have 72 hours to make a film brings up its own set of challenges. But it has its own set of inspirations as well. As there's nothing quite like going into a weekend with barely an idea and coming out on the other side with a full-fledged short film ready to share. Welcome to a brand new podcast, Tales from the 72, where we're going to pair up two different teams that have tackled the 72 Film Fest and just let them introduce themselves and talk it out about all the challenges, fun and unique happenings that they've experienced throughout their years of making movies in a weekend. They'll be talking about their films as well, sometimes in detail. So if you want to get a refresher or watch any of the movies that you've missed, be sure to head on over to 72fest.com, where there's a playlist of all their past entries. Now, let's introduce this week's teams. This week, we've got six folks from two teams that have all won prizes, including the big one, Best of the Fest. Both teams have been doing the Fest for quite a few years and are known for pushing what can be done in 72 hours with effects, camera work, locations, costumes, puppets, editing, and so much more. Comatose? Me shrug.
1: Well, yep. well, I mean, um, you know, let's let's dig into it. So um,
2: should we introduce ourselves first?
1: I guess. Yeah. I, I don't think, think I need to know anyways. No, anyway.
2: <laughs> I mean, I don't yeah. either, but you know, um, for posterity,
3: Right. We get who we are.
1: So hi, everybody. I'm Wyatt Unger. I'm Shrug's uh, acting coach, which is a, a unique title, I think, in film sets and everything like that in general um i'm also an actor but a lot of times that is the thing that i do is i help find actors i help um corral them i help uh, with the casting process I help prepare them for the roles and things like that um on set but i mean you know we wear a lot of hats as you guys probably do as well
4: yeah he's also writer producer as well on top of that yeah yeah i guess cool Cool.
2: (laughs) Uh, i'm erica i'm also with shrug productions obviously and i kind of am also a jack of all trades but i'm mostly producer editor and then you know writing and whatever else pops up that needs to be done i kind of just you know fill that spot that needs to be done yeah
4: the editing pro on site producer yeah. executive executive to the executive
2: <laughs> okay. yeah uh, somehow that happened <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah and uh i'm dan i'm the s in shrug uh i am our director writer producer um given what crew we have also dp or actor or uh, basically a lot of the technical stuff i go over just so everyone else can be silly and all everything, nice. everything else. So it'd be also,
2: sometimes a sandwich. That's
4: and a sandwich. Job. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes a
1: sandwich. Yeah.
5: Excellent. All right. Well, I'll start it off for team comatose here. So I'm Jonathan pouch. Um, go figure jack of all trades, sort of more or less whatever the team needs. Generally I do, um, I guess producer, director, writer, um, and focus mostly on that and leave most of the technical stuff to nathan here
3: yeah so i'm nathan i'm jonathan's younger brother we're one of those teams (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah like i guess i've been doing 72 film fest since 2013 and we i kind of had a different team back in the day with a couple friends and right when i was like you know what i think i think i'm done uh jonathan's like hey i think i'm, I'm gonna enter this year uh, do you want to join i was like okay fine She's okay <laughs> so it was kind of reborn you could see the team we were moonslaves back in the day um so that was like from 2013 to 2017 and it was just wild years back then you know what was the name of your team again uh moon Slaves. I think,
1: okay, yeah, that does sound like an older team. Yeah, uh,
3: okay. Because our first
2: <laughs> seventy-two was in route, and that was in twenty sixteen, so we probably
6: overlapped,
3: right? Yeah, that's the the one with the gamer and the the snow mountain uh-huh. and stuff. Yes, yeah, that was awesome. I love that one. Um, but yeah, so uh, usually, yeah, Jonathan's like the writer on the team, and then I'm I'm DPing or editing or sometimes music. You know how it goes with these uh, these seventy-two <laughs> film fest. So. <laughs> Nice. Um, yeah. I mean, for you guys, is, is your team fairly like the same people every year or is it like always changing shapes and sizes?
2: Um, it kind of depends. Like we have a kind of a core group of people that we usually draw upon. And then if they're not available, then we expand a little bit and try to, you know, bring in either people we've worked with before, which is usually our preference for these because they're usually more cool with doing, you know, volunteer stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> or we try to find new people. And actually for, I think, uh, actors, we tend to find more new people than with crew just because. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's,
4: there's definitely like the niche go-to people we have, but you know, just, it's given their availability, but like she said, like a lot of our core stuff is like us three plus like two others. Mm -hmm. They usually handle like the writing and, you know, producing and just, like managing like our teams and stuff. And then if we're lucky enough, we've got, you know, like, you know, there are a good handful of people like, Hey, we're like doing it this weekend. They're like, yeah, I'm there. And we usually, even if we work with somebody new, that's like the next person. They're like, Hey, let me know about the next one. I'm in, you know, if it's a good shoot. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well.
6: Yeah.
4: Um, yeah. I know the thing that is always changing is
1: actors um, just because, every single time that I work with anybody um, that's an actor, it's like, I'm always seeing like, Hey, we have these things we do every once in a while that are really cool and they're awesome. And like, just because my goal is always to get the most as possible of just quality actors, as well as diversity of actors. So that that way we're not limited by what it is that we can do. Cause that is always my biggest fear is that we have this fantastic idea but we need someone who legit looks like a luchador and we just can't do it. And then we have to really reroute things really quickly. And so I always try to find what gaps are we missing? What holes are we missing? Um, and then I have actors on standby. So we're really fortunate in the fact that we've come in years prior, sometimes with like 20 actors just waiting to see if they get a call.
6: Yeah.
1: Um, so we're really fortunate that way.
6: Yeah
3: that sounds
5: awesome. <laughs> yeah, we feel like we have a similar sort of story. I wonder, I'm wondering how common it is among the teams. Most of us are a bunch of nerds, and yeah. uh, <laughs> acting is not necessarily something we prefer to do. Uh, so we have like all the behind-the-scenes roles down pat, and so I was like, so who's gonna act? Um, we'll call some people, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um with the exception of now with this new team uh since my wife is now involved and she headlined uh marjorie's normal life so she's our one consistent acting talent and the rest we gotta pull with whoever is <laughs> happens to be available that weekend um oh speaking of hint more introductions peter Hi. Broomfield just joined peter Broomfield, you want to introduce yourself we just wrapped up our introductions
7: oh no yeah sure um hey i'm peter Broomfield. i uh I'm on the comatose team, I do a lot of the uh, computer graphics and a lot of the title work, and a little bit of editing. Sometimes I, I critique Nathan's music.
3: Yeah, he like critiques I love, it often, a lot. Yeah,
7: <laughs> and that's uh, but that's about as far as like my contribution goes with the music. It's like,
4: it's like, hey, Nathan, make it better.
7: <laughs> so <Very> constructive.
4: <laughs> that's it. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Well, let me ask you about this. Cause you're talking about pulling, uh, like actors or trying to find it. This, uh, team red pro you guys work with, or I see paired with, so th- I'm going to guess this is like people you've met, like with, with stunt work, like, would they be your actors or just, we want stunts. Let's just use you.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, I uh, was introduced to team red in uh, I guess the beginning of 2020 before everything, uh, fell apart. And, um, they're this group they've done a lot of youtube videos usually action oriented there's a lot of martial arts in there but they've done like horror creature horror stuff and like a bunch of um, other things and then um i worked with them on this one project i was a gaffer for it and there was just like they had so many people just like droves of people who were really passionate about film work and i was like wait this is like the perfect fit for r72 film work because it's always they like when you tell them hey i'm going to be shooting something they understand With a small crew, like how late that's going to go and like the sort of like, you know, commitment and passion that goes into it. So, yeah, this year um, it ended up like our idea fit. We wanted to do, you know, that sort of, you know, campy, uh, pretty game work on like a um, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And I knew all of them. So it it was a really good fit there. And I think like maybe three people from the team came over and um,
4: they were amazing. Yeah, it was awesome to work with them. That leads me to my next question, because you brought up tea time and working with them. So uh, the question is, how dare you?
6: <laughs> <Seriously>, <laughs> <though>.
4: <laughs> now, their, their stunt work, I think I saw like she did like some Mulan stuff, but like, are they uh, doing the choreography or is it a mix between you guys and them? Do you have a give and pull there? Yeah, um,
6: it's
3: funny. The Mulan Project was the project that I gaffed for and and met them for. um, And Jackie, she's just like so talented. She brings like the charisma and the action. So the choreography was a mix of, you know, it's like kind of one half, like, okay, we're going to base it off this sort of framework that the two martial artists had already kind of practiced. And then, okay, well, we have very specific needs for the scene in this alley or on this rooftop. And then in ours, we had incorporated those like 2D cartoon graphics that they didn't already have choreography for. Um, So we can be like, hey, show me some moves and then we'll kind of like respond to what we like and then just animate on top of it. So it was kind of a mix of everything. You know, I knew that like, okay, we're gonna need to get him to the wall. So what can you do there? And uh, uh, both Peter and I, back in the day we were, Black belt, Taekwondo. <laughs> so I'd like to say I got a couple of tricks up my sleeve. You know. It's interesting, <laughs> how that
5: particular project evolved because in the first fight, it was very straight martial arts, which mostly they did based on the choreography they knew. And the plan was to continue with that for the second one. And then uh, Nathan texted me because we did all this work remote. So I was never on set for tea time. I just did editing remotely and looked at his, his work. Um, and he texted me, he's like, okay, we're going in a little direction for the second fight. Um, they're going to just be like casting spells at each other. I'm like, okay, I guess I trust you on that—that that that's going to work. It's like it'll, it'll, it'll look great. It'll look great. It'll look great. Okay. I was like, what? I didn't, no, I didn't. I didn't. We didn't plan to do spell CGI. Peter got a lot of work on there, and uh, Stephen Hahn our other editor, who did some amazing work with that fight.
3: Yeah, you got to improvise in these sort of situations. Uh, so. I made that decision on behalf of the team. Um, Yeah. I have a question, and maybe it's a little nuts and boltsy, but, like, you know, do you guys have, like, a a formula or insight into, like, I guess, like, how much time do you allot to each stage? And if this is, like, a secret formula, you know, you can keep it a secret, but, like, you know, what's,
6: like, yeah.
3: How much time is like, on writing and filming, and then how much do you give yourself to edit all?
2: So, we do a lot of uh, 48-hour film projects also. And so actually when we do the 72, it's kind of weird. Cause we have a whole extra day. We're like, what, what are we going to do with a whole extra day? <laughs>
4: Consider that. <cheating. laughs>
2: kinda, yeah. It feels like <laughs> cheating. It's really weird. But yeah, because of that, we've kind of got a formula down. That seems to work pretty well of like that first night is just writing and like pre-production. And then we have to get it all done that first night. Cause after that it's second day is shooting. Right. So you, get up nice and early, shoot the whole day as long as it takes. And then um, if I have my way as the editor, I have two days to edit. That doesn't always happen Um, because, you know, things happen in film. So ideally, I would have two days to edit. But what ends up happening a lot is that we end up shooting for a second day. um, And then I'll start editing that evening because I'm usually on set also. So I'll start editing the evening of the second day through the the last day and then I hope I have enough time <laughs> Yeah,
4: and, and where we're at like kind of how we streamlined our process is you guys kind of talked about improv like with the choreography is like a lot of us have the uh, improv kind of background especially with like acting performing that kind of stuff and when we write it's it's almost just like kind of that skeleton style of a script where like we've hit our bullet points like there's definite dialogue that we throw in but like we almost write it generically so that when we get there, like we're working with actors and we can be like, all right, we wrote this, but we're gonna have you just run the lines, We'll see what's gonna feel right, what's gonna feel wrong so we can kind of find the scene that way. And so that kind of helps um, save some time to where like, you know, we don't have to like fall in love with a line or anything. And while like we're writing that, we've already got like some of our production team, back when we were you know around people we would go to like a all-night diner and we would be there and we've got writing team here on this side of the table production here so like all right our first scenes you know interior bathroom blah blah. blah. i can turn to production team like all right find me a bathroom you know like so like people are already working on locations and you know production design and like we haven't even you know gotten into like the second act you know so l- luckily, we've got those pieces in place to where we can't just turn to somebody like, okay, start working on this. Um, all right, give me another character, blah, blah, blah. What, what are we doing? And um, for us, it seems to really work because we can embrace that improv kind of style into the writing and production and stuff.
5: So how Everything. did your process uh, change at all this past year with uh, all the restrictions? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, it's, it's interesting because we actually haven't done much this year like the 72 this past year was the only thing we've done in 2020 um just because you know we all have various concerns about working with covid you know and we take it really seriously um and so for when we did the remnant it ended up being really weird because we had a lot of people kind of interested but we only ended up having a skeleton crew of like five of us including actors um and it was it was a really different experience but i think we you know we tried to be safe we um what did we do i guess we wrote remotely didn't we, I, we yeah, did. i'm trying yeah, to remember, I don't even I think, remember my memory doesn't go back that i think far. we
4: had like limited people in a room and then everyone else would zoom in yeah um yeah and, and the production nice. was really weird luckily the weather held was nice oh, yeah. enough like we didn't have anyone inside and we based our process of like all right let's do like all exterior <laughs> <Yeah>. everything <laughs> of, that we set up an easy up and late. like that's the closest we were to inside for any like extent of the project
2: yeah it,
4: it's also interesting for us because we we write
1: by committee which is really unusual um so like pretty much it's, it's always us. But then like, if we have other people as well on crew, like everybody's in there in the writing room. And so usually when we're, when we're in there, like, um, it's funny because we have other people of our crew, like, like Charlie Henry and I are both professional improvisers and like I've trained Dan in improv as well. And so like, it's funny because we'll be like coming up with an idea and we'll just kind of start riffing off of that idea. And then from there, like, erica's at the keyboard trying to catch up being like whoa you guys what are improvising too fast what just happened what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> happened it was really funny but what just happened slow it down and great. so like
3: shut up and tell me what
1: happened <laughs> <laughs> and so and so we're like we're on to scene four erica catch up but it's it's funny because we write in almost like a second city kind of a way we're like we will come up with an idea we will improvise moments of it. We'll go, okay, that didn't work. And then we'll go back and we'll re-improvise and we'll just keep changing and keep challenging and doing those kinds of things and seeing what it is that we like um, from there. And when you're remote, it's a totally a different vibe because it's so much harder to read each other and to feed off of that energy. And and so I do think um, I was expecting it to be more challenging, but I actually feel like we wrote this one the fastest. Yeah, we did. We were done way before four a.m.
2: Yeah, we didn't lack any sleep the whole weekend. (laughs) (laughs) That's like that's how weirdly smoothly it went.
4: (laughs) That's awesome. So, Um, how do you guys approach yours? Because, like, when I see your credits, (laughs) it seems like very distinct. Like, you know, this one directed by this one, written by like I think one of so like Nathan or blah blah blah. Like we said, like. Our writing credits—you'll always see it just says like truck. You know, there's not <laughs> there's not like <laughs> <many> specific <laughs> names to writers because it is that process. Do you do you guys do a committee for an idea and then Nathan and you lock yourself in your room, in like, a room or something? Or it was interesting that you mentioned your process because we definitely have a, a very
5: different process. But I mean, none of us really have this improv background. So mm. again, nerds, we got. I have to like like when I'm writing, I have to like think it through. And I can't have all these distractions. So yeah, usually we do. We have a couple teams of people, of like three to four people, when we get the idea, that come up with their own ideas separately. Or like how it used to be as we drive back from the, the launch party. You know, you have the people in the car coming up with ideas. you got people what, at home coming up with ideas. We get home, we merge those. Then we talk about that and iterate off of those for a while. And then it used to be a bit more like everyone participates and a lot of voices. And But lately we've actually sort of Tried to pare it down after the initial brainstorm. Yeah, we cut down to like a couple people. And so this last one was like cut down to two people. And then just I went by myself, you know, and locked myself in a closet and just just wrote out the rest. So that's usually how we handle things. But is that
1: more nerve wracking when you show it to people? If you're just writing (laughs) it yourself?
5: Um, it is, but I'm also the team lead, so they just do yeah, it. Yeah, I was <laughs> gonna say, it's like, if you're
6: the director... <laughs>
5: I don't like that idea. Well, um...
6: Too bad, because That's an
5: interesting perspective.
6: <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but definitely,
5: there's a lot of anxiety, like, bringing the yeah. ideas back. It's like, but, I mean, I feel like we try and be professional about them and listen to each other's ideas, and we'll iterate off of them, and if it doesn't work, then we throw it out. Let's so, take it back to the outline. Do you have multiple outlines? Like,
1: do you have competing ideas and then you choose which one? Or do you just do... A couple times, yeah.
5: We've had, like, two outlines. But usually by the time it gets to an outline, we've decided on the idea. We try and, like, decide on the idea generally in the brainstorming part before we really... We have, like, you know, a whiteboard usually or, like, post-its where we're writing stuff down. But by the time someone's, like, in a document writing things, then it's like, okay, we've decided we're just going to go with this. And especially with the uh, reformed Comatose team, um, I've tried to make it, like, I don't know, not... There was a lot of, in the past, like, I feel like second-guessing of the concept of the story after it had been decided, and I kind of wanted to just be like, look, we just got to pick something, we'll pick it, we'll go with it. (laughs) The first thing that sounds fun that comes to your head is probably the best option. We don't we all at least in my family have a tendency to overthink things as oh we got to find the perfect idea we have to find we have to no. this has to be perfect it's like it doesn't have to be perfect it has to be good you got to have some inspiration there and then you just run with it and it'll be fun no matter what it is yeah. so just pick something and go and get to the get to the fun parts
3: yeah and those are definitely like lessons that we've learned um through like w- once you kind of prioritize just having fun and just going with something those are the years that usually we we do a lot better. We're much more happy with the video that we make, and we all have much better memories because we we were not like a perfection focus. I mean,
5: at least now it's a it's a little more linear, and we actually do things in order. When I helped out on on a couple of Moonslays videos, the first one being Grounds, yeah. and when I was brought on, which was mid Friday, uh, Peter Broomfield and I, they had already started filming. They had a partial outline <laughs> and uh, didn't like it, <laughs> and so we were rewriting it. The entire story as they were finishing filming the first scene, uh, which which yeah. was an interesting experience, um, to say the least. But I think it it turned out well.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, it's fun, man. You know, it's like it's just our, we don't need to finish
5: the outline. We can just film it. Things are definitely by by more of the seat of their pants in those days. You do you do need a, like an end, and like a start. You know. <laughs> i mean do you just start just start filming the middle and and you yeah. can fill, fill in the rest yeah. uh, in and editing
4: yeah with that writing though i think maybe we might have touched on it but like so your your outline then you go script your dialogue do you guys leave room you know to explore because what i found is you know kind of writing that open like we've got the gist maybe not all you know the ex- perfect grammar exactly what we want to say but leaving that room to like let your actor kind of create something for you like it, it helps things streamline so that oh, yeah. they're not trying to you know like fight the script or anything like that you, i, you feel, it I that mean
5: way? i think if you were to look at any of our scripts and the actual final video most of them would be fairly different at least in you know the specific wording but even in some bigger you know scene changes and i think feel like, at least in our experience, it's sort of depended on the actors we have. Some of them, they need you gotta tell me exactly what to say, man. And they're like, well, you know, mix it up. And they don't want to do that. (laughs) But some... have more of the improv background they are like okay we generally want this and they just give us all sorts of like different takes and then we go and you know with the one we like the most yeah it's like why why weren't you in our writing room like yeah exactly you could have written this better than us <laughs> and <laughs> sometimes then the changes that they make will be like oh wow we liked this so much let's go and you know make some updates to the rest of the script to to reflect that yeah so i feel like with us yeah it's sort of dependent on
4: the on the people at the end of the camera and what they're comfortable with Right. I, I think why he could probably say more on this, but I think a lot of the actors that we go to, we try to make at least research. Do you have that improv kind of background or yeah. or performance thing? But uh, I I don't mind working with those actors that like uh, like you need to tell me everything like how does this character walk and stuff? I'm like, oh, cool. Cause that's going to give me a chance oh, yeah. to, to, to really work with them. That character is going to give Wyatt a lot more chances to like, oh, okay, let's, if you're concerned about that, let's think about that. But luckily we've got like a Wyatt on our set so they can think about that before cameras rolling. Um, I, I I find that improv, especially with this and the time frame, like how tight it is. It's, it's, it's heaven sent, man. It's, it's such a good like resource to have out of your actors.
1: Yeah, it's something that I know um, is one of the major questions. And it's, I think it's so important to know if they have that background and how comfortable they are. Because it might be like, hey, I have that background, but it was 10 years ago, um, as opposed to like, hey, you know, I just did something and then it's so much fresher in their mind. The other thing is how comfortable they are improvising within the given confines, just because they have to understand at the end of the day what their character wants um, in that moment and where they are in that area because you can improvise something great, but if it doesn't work with the narrative at all, it's just going to get cut out anyway. Um, And so it's also finding actors that um, I I like actors, especially have a long form improv background just because they're more used to understanding where their place in the narrative is. Um, And luckily, DC is filled with them, which is fantastic for us. Um, The other thing is Dan, no offense, I don't know you that well, um, Nathan, (laughs) I'm sure you're fantastic, but Dan is uh, the best director I've ever worked with, by far. Um, His ability to be able to work with whatever he is given as an actor, and he is an actor's uh, director, which is great, because Dan and I will speak the same language, so I'll be prepping... And I'll talk to Dan and be like, hey, Dan, what do you want from the scene? And then I will go work with the actor while Dan is helping set up camera, talk about the shot, work with lighting, doing all this stuff. So that way, when the actor walks on, even if they need a lot of prep time, they're good to go. Um, and I also want to toot Erica's horn because um, Erica is phenomenal at finding things where we just sometimes let the camera roll and she'll just sneak it in there. And it's beautiful and it works so incredibly well and then i'll be like i don't remember shooting that and then she'll be like what was there and i found it i plugged it in um because like in the remnant i had this idea where i was like oh maybe i could like go get water from like my water bottle because that's like what i would probably do in that situation so we're like okay we'll go shoot it while people are out on lunch and then like that moment is so cool. And the transition that she had, like, I think it just helps the narrative so much. And so there can be really, really beautiful moments within giving confined (laughs) parameters within letting an actor explore that role.
5: Absolutely. I was about to ask, like, with your improv style, like how much generally extra footage do you end up with and erica <laughs> how, how, how is that sifting through that wow well,
6: <laughs> yeah we'll well, let thankfully
2: in. thankfully i'm on set for the most part so like i i don't necessarily have to take camera notes because i'm there i know what's being shot and i usually remember so that helps a lot i think um in terms of editing i don't necessarily have to go find things because i know what's available to me already but i will say especially if you're not used to working with improv takes, um, as an editor, it can be very challenging because it's usually all good. (laughs) Um, and I can say, especially with these like time compositions where they have time limits, especially this year where it was what, like six minutes, My first cut of the remnant was like 10 minutes. So I had to cut a lot out. (laughs) That's the thing about cutting for improv and cutting. At least the Erica
5: cut. Oh my God. (laughs) The
2: Erica cut was actually not good. It's good that Mm. I cut it down. I actually went back. I went back to it afterwards with the intention to like expand it out again. And I was like, you know what? No, I don't want to. This is good. (laughs) Like the pacing was good. But that's the thing about like working with you know improvised takes is that like you end up finding so much good stuff that it makes it really hard to cut but then you know with the time limit you really have to get to the meat of it and see what's really important for the for the film so it's challenging but it's it's a good kind of challenge and always save your timelines (laughs) save all the old ones and you'll be fine (laughs) i made that mistake once i will not make it again
4: (laughs) um since we got on to editing, uh, Peter, I wanted to ask you because you guys with Tea Time, uh, that Scott Pilgrim style, like you guys nailed it. Like I so I, I was on board with all time. But then you're talking about like magic spells. You threw like your Dragon Ball Z stuff in there too. Like I can't remember you guys were saying it. So the magic spell stuff wasn't planned, but the Pilgrim stuff was like, how much time are you taking in with that in the editing process? Because we try to limit our visual effects as much as possible. That is a very good idea. (laughs) (laughs) We like there's stuff we want to do, but like, we know we've got the time constraints. So I'm just wondering, like, how are you doing that? you know, with all the footage going on and then like on top of it, doing it well.
7: Yeah. Well, we have a bit of an idea going in, so we know that the length of the whole film and we know roughly the length of the scenes. And from that we can kind of calculate. Okay, we're going to need probably this many different effects for this these scenes and then from there we're like okay what's feasible well if we produce this one effect say like an after effects like a burst effect like we had for those hits and make it so that that's like modular and we can just like throw it on every single punch and hit then um, you know that's something that can be easily repeated and just rendered out at the end you know anything with tracking is of course not in a nightmare just you know very very difficult to squeeze in and so what ends up happening is we kind of create these generic effects that we can kind of easily plug and play and then what we do is we're coming up on time and we don't have enough time to finish everything so (laughs) we figure out um okay well what's the most important scene that we have absolutely have an effect for this okay, I'm going to start working on that. <laughs> we get that down, and then Nathan comes in at the last minute, uh, once he's finished filming, I show him, okay, dude, here's my mess of a file, okay? You're going to copy it onto your place, and you're just going to start doing stuff on <laughs> and these other scenes that are less important, so I keep doing the, uh, you know, that one important scene or the, the final, like, <laughs> tracking. Yeah, and, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. That's basically, how it goes.
5: <laughs> I mean, basically, Peter had started on those like template, those modular pieces, um, almost immediately after we had decided on the concept. Just I worked on basically with them through Sunday, and we had not rendered out the effects until about. It felt to me like about an hour before submission end. Yeah. It was. It was. <laughs> it was down to the wire on this one. We probably a bit off more than we can shoot, but I mean, we got it done. Um, But we were at the point where we were sending files to different people's computers so that different people could render out sequences simultaneously, so then we could throw them all into one and export it out. I was very stressed. I have (laughs) chills up my
4: (laughs) (laughs) spine. Oh God, that's all (laughs)
6: excitement.
5: Every year I asked Nathan, hey, can we render this out a complete draft? Maybe midday Sunday, in case something horrible happens. And for some reason, he never does. Uh, so it's always—I mean, most of our submissions have been about an hour. No, wait, this one was like a couple minutes. We got it in a couple of minutes yeah, before kind of the like deadline. Five, we got in the minutes, final one.
6: In. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah.
7: Yeah. This
5: was definitely the closest. I mean, we
6: though, like,
7: have submitted um, multiple, more than two, in the last minute. Yes. Of the you know before the deadline, we had. Up- <laughs> <laughs> We'd upload it. And then, okay, as it's uploading, we do a proof watch of it. Yeah. And then, okay, we see, like, one of our our light crew huddled in the back with a boom mic, and we forgot to mask him out. And he's just sitting there between these two characters having a conversation. And we're like, okay, well, we have to fix that. And so Nathan works faster than I've ever seen him work to (laughs) throw in a garbage mask over him just to make it black and uh, re-render it out and re-upload it and then like with 30 seconds to go (laughs) oh god
2: oh my god God.
4: That's the final, final export.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I will say that, that for new teams for watching this, this is advice on what not to do. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, oh, yeah. These are
4: not tips.
2: <laughs> this is why green screen is banned these,
4: for us. I think we got to the we, horror stories part of the questionnaire. <laughs> yeah,
2: There was one year for the 48-hour film where we decided half of our film was going to be green screened in a car. And unfortunately, the two green screens we had did not match either. and. <laughs> it was it was, well, it was mm. like the worst thing ever like the all of sunday it was me and then uh one of our was he he might have been camera he was on set with us but he was helping me with the green screen we were splitting it up and then i literally had to be in the car with my laptop exporting to drop it off but then but then my computer started to die in the car. So I had to pull over <laughs> to Starbucks <laughs> and charge my laptop before I could deliver it. It was a nightmare. So yeah, no green screen. That's
4: me. why we don't do visual effects. So yeah. minimal <laughs> effects,
2: just especially not green screen because yeah. too many things can go wrong. Nathan's
3: got a similar car story. Well, yeah, I mean, back the first yeah. year we started in, in 2013, you couldn't, submit your final video via upload you had to deliver it in person yeah and so um you know we were based in east baltimore so just getting around the beltway and over to frederick was like it was really killing us so um i know uh, my business partner at the time he had like uploaded he had like tethered the computer to the phone which in 2013 felt like magic and like it was like we we're just emailing like look <laughs> there's so much traffic on the beltway we're not going to be able to get there in time oh so can you just take an online submission please and so um that's why they let it happen now it's because of us uh-huh. um, <laughs> thank
6: you for that I, I know, <laughs> at least that's, what,
3: that's the way i interpret it but
4: uh, so um, <laughs> the old toast rule yeah
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> um at least for us we are doing this, I'm really curious. I mean, and this is, I think this is the thing with filmmaking in general is the film that you have in the writing room is a totally different film than the one that you're shooting the next day or whatever, which is a totally different film in the editing room. So can you guys talk about like that, what that film was at each one of those stages? How different it was?
6: Yeah, I mean, that's that's interesting because
3: I think in my partnership with, with Jonathan, you know um, we've actually, I felt done a better job of carrying that writer's room concept to screen, especially compared to what I had done in the past, which, you know, I, I it was more improvised space, but like, I know with Marjorie's normal life, You know, we, we had had the mockumentary style, you know, we knew what the construct was and then that was a little bit more like, okay, just figure out some scenarios. We're going to like, you know, throw some montages in there that a little bit more improv. But I I felt like that was pretty close to what we had imagined. Same thing with the Scott Pilgrim um, idea influencing, you know, team time. That's why Peter was able to start, you know, right out the gate with visual effects was because we wanted to like, see that concept through to the end.
5: So, I don't know. I mean, I would say, in some ways... Well, it's interesting you bring up uh, March's normal Life. I was actually going to use that example of how things can improve or change based on your capabilities. Because I feel like, even though the basic mockumentary... We knew it was going to be a mockumentary, okay, we went through with it. But I feel like the original... When we started filming, I sort of had this idea in my head of more a uh, what we do in the shadows, you know, um, uh, kind of comedy. But it was sort of clear that we weren't quite delivering that. And I feel like we did sort of pivot mid-filming to more of a... More classic documentary style, you know, not trying to replicate a New Zealand accent or anything to make okay. things funny. <laughs> <laughs> there are some things in your head you just you can just imagine this being said this way, but it's like, but oh, okay, we're not New Zealanders, so we can't actually do that. <laughs> we have to kind of change our delivery here. And and Sheena, my wife, who who starred in *Marginal Life*, did a great job of taking that in and sort of adjusting to fit her style, and ended up delivering a really solid performance. But. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Nathan's right. We have sort of done a better job at keeping things the same, but I, I will say that that's not always a good or a bad thing. Um, yeah. Sometimes things can totally change, and definitely for the, for the better Um, for any new teams watching. You don't have to stress about making sure, oh, this isn't what we envisioned. Like, don't worry about it. If it's better, it's better. Just go yeah, with it.
7: I feel like the the most that that happened, at least with Jonathan on board, was with uh, probably Grounds. Because, like Nathan and Dawson said, we were pretty good at staying on track with the original vision uh, these days. But for grounds, we kind of—that was the one that was rewritten uh, mid-film. Yeah, and so that one was like, okay, what's the concept? Reverse hitch. That's the kind. That's and that is about as much as we had to go on. And
5: they started filming.
7: We started filming, and then it didn't really make sense. And that's when we started to rewrite, like this to give it an actual arc instead of just a conjumbilation of
5: of scenes and you can kind of tell even while watching it the first scene which was the first one they shot was more i feel like a more serious take on like what if there was you know an evil hitch you know breaking up people for money but then it sort of quickly started to change to all these really silly montages and and then got suddenly sad and then there was a uh like hallucination of a child exploding in a car so it takes all kinds (laughs) of (laughs) i
7: feel like you had like all of those scenes sort of pictured and how like we wanted to do these types of scenes these types of montages but we didn't actually have like any plot like connecting them but then we kind of went in looked at what we had the different types of scenes and then added like a plot to kind of connect the the narrative at least so that it actually made sense and you could follow it as you went through and watched it
1: yeah the reason i asked is because um, I'm always curious about that process because I do think once you have this plan and once everything comes together, sometimes it, it's just so different. and And I think Jonathan, you said that like that's not necessarily a bad thing. And I 100% agree. like when we came up with the with the remnant, it was just, okay, well, it's really funny because he eats his best friend and that's <laughs> why it's funny. Yay, and then we're like, <laughs> and then we're like, and we know to make this work, we're gonna have to play this as straight as possible. And we're like, okay, cool. And like, I had a COVID beard. And just because I was like, I'm not shaving till COVID is over, really thinking COVID would end in about three months. (laughs) And then I was like, no, I'm dedicated. So I kept it. And then we're like, well, who are we taking on for this thing? And they're like, Well, we're gonna pick Wyatt because he looks semi-homeless and I was like well all right uh let's do it and then I was like yeah this is really funny and, and we're making this thing that's really funny and this is awesome and it wasn't until like I think they started like ripping my clothes that I started realizing like it's like that thing that I'm sure almost every actor experiences where you're like where you're like yeah i got this awesome role and i'm so excited and then about five minutes later you're like ah crap i got this awesome role and i could ruin everything (laughs) and it was like i realized that like i'm going to have to cry continuously like really do it all day and i was just like i don't know if i can do this this is gonna really suck and like (laughs) By the end of the first day, I was exhausted, and I was like, "God, I hope that this is like any good." And Dan and I um had so many conversations before, and just from the writing room, we knew we had to do this as straight as possible. We had a naked gun this. We had to make this do it as serious as possible. Yes, it's a talking puppet you're speaking with that's your best friend that you're gonna eat, but like spoilers. Um but like, you know, please do that and just do it as serious as possible. And then it wasn't until, like we got, to the editing room where it was like, why are people like tearing up? And like, I thought I did a terrible job. I was like, no, this is funny. It's funny, you idiot. Why are you laughing? But then it was like, actually in it, the earnest attempt at really making these moments real between Dan and I actually pulled off something a little bit deeper. And it was really interesting that like it affected people in that way. And, and we accidentally made a dramedy um, in, in doing so. When we were shooting it, I forgot it was a comedy. It wasn't until I got to the part where I'm scream crying while eating a sandwich that I was like, oh, this is funny. Oh yeah, that's right, I forgot. And so it's like, it's it's fascinating to me, the film that we ended up with. I'm super proud of it and and I mean, Um, you know, I don't want to speak for the group, but I think we all are. But it's just, it's funny how different it feels in a good way.
2: I think it's also like, at least for that film, like the frame of mind that you watch it in. Like if you watch it when you're expecting it to be totally straight, it's actually super sad. If you like forget the fact that he's talking to a sandwich, it's like, it's it's really sad. But then if you watch it with the expectation of it being a comedy, like it's really funny. So I, I think it's just a matter of perspective also. But it's funny why when you were saying when you were scream crying eating the sandwich, like on set, I was actually really sad when you were doing that. <laughs> I was
6: like, this is so sad. <laughs> it's
1: like- there are points it was hard for me to keep it together which is very funny because in my head i was laughing that whole time because it was such a all i was imagining was will forte doing this and i was like
4: how would will forte do this and i need to do that as hard as possible i know i know a lot of the crew they, they were sad during that moment too i especially uh production department because they they'd made all those sandwiches and all these puppets <laughs> and they're just watching it get destroyed this man's just stuffing his face and crying and yelling and god there's so many takes of that where he's just cursing god and that's <laughs> so much stuff we just couldn't use but i i am really happy with that because it almost happened as a mistake if i remember it because this year like you know with the pictures the wild cards they gave mm. um i think wyatt saw it and he goes is he holding a sandwich and it was like a guy holding a radio, yeah. the radio <laughs> and something and for just because of that like like <sighs> we like just started rolling from that idea of like oh sandwich blah 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 got <laughs> kind of evolved from here and i i remember in that beginning process because he's talking about how it did evolve like i remember i'm like this is so dumb this is like, one of the yeah. <laughs> but I guess this can be a lesson for, you know, the, the amateur teams listening or whatever. Like you could have the dumbest idea, but like, if you get the right pieces or like you put your best effort into it, like it can evolve into something great. So it, we are kind of talking about it earlier. It's like, don't fight like, you know, your instincts. Cause like my instincts were telling me like, this is dumb, but at the same time, like it's so dumb that this is so Frickin' funny to me, like, all right, this guy's stranded out in the woods with his friend a sandwich and he's starving, like, <laughs> just eat the damn sandwich, but since we created this relationship where you can't just do that, and it's not a hallucination, it's it's a real living, breathing, talking sandwich, and somehow we created this world where it works, a sandwich that eats peanuts, you know, like uh the sandwich that can whistle you know And luckily just so many people uh, on our team just putting their best foot forward on it like we were able to create something like super proud of but it did just stem like from a mistake <laughs> there's
1: there's always a moment on every single set where it's like i get so caught up in what we're doing and where we're going and like yes 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 let's go and then it's always like somewhere in the middle i'm um, like oh crap have we made a horrible mistake i'm in too deep and like i think it was the moment in which we're going okay um dan try fitting your hand in the sandwich now okay we're gonna need bigger bread okay how do we get big what's the biggest bread we could get to fit a human hand inside the sandwich? and it was just like that was the moment where i'm like oh no this is a terrible film <laughs> We
4: made a monster well, what is um, the biggest bread
6: it was um, what was
2: that? It? it was I think the cabato bread thing yeah. going with yeah, it was ciabatta finger bread.
4: holes into that was durable enough.
2: Yeah. Uh, we and lots through, of lots of glue.
4: Yeah, lots of glue. Mm-hmm. We went through mm-hmm. rye. We tried um, what are we, we get? French we get bread? We tried, yeah, yeah, we tried a
2: baguette. It wasn't it wasn't quite big enough.
4: So I I like working (laughs) with puppets. I I I even looked up like could I like overnight like a sandwich puppet from somewhere. I was trying to like search online for it, and it was actually my girlfriend who like built the like the sandwich puppet itself. She was like, "No, it's gonna be funnier if it's a real sandwich."
6: Oh yeah, (laughs) and I'm like,
4: like ah just me thinking as a puppeteer like because I wanted to like move around and like make it feel like Sesame Street but like because it was restricted in my movement and stuff like literally I'm just standing there like this just trying to make this thing look like it's real and stuff and because it limited a lot of those motions that it came off I think a little bit better or played well to camera and uh it's just funnier just going practical good god real tomatoes and Ketchup for oh, blood yeah. and that stuff. That
3: mm-hmm. I,
1: I love the fact that your first nomination for best actor, Dan, is when you played a sandwich.
6: It's my favorite no, it was thing so... that's
4: ever happened. My performance was so good, a sandwich. I didn't even get credited. Uh... <laughs> it, it was it was a role of Walter played by Sandwich. So, my yeah. acting had transcended. Yeah. Who I am, you know, like, like I, I really embodied the, the, the sandwich. So, you know, I think, I think to me that means I won, even though I, <laughs> I didn't here. get the award. But to, to be nominated and not recognized for that, and I'm, that's, that, I that's
5: Definitely missed cool. an opportunity to. I guess we didn't even have a stage, but to get on stage and have to thank the sandwich for the award. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Daniel Day Lewis actually wrote Dan
1: a letter talking about <laughs> how good his yeah, performance yeah. was. He was like, "I didn't know who you were." No, he and wrote. It was
7: incredible. <laughs> this letter. will stop well, what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, it like takes you to realize, like, okay, I'm Dan. I'm not the sandwich anymore.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: how many sandwich puppets did you have to go through or is it just the one we did
2: actually for the sandwich i think it was just the one because oh, we
4: built a Wyatt- second one as a backup yeah, but
2: it wasn't as sturdy and the top of the bread um baked differently so it didn't look right so yeah. we had to stick with the original one right. but why it got to eight two or three different <laughs> ones Yeah, getting out
4: yeah. The woods. mr Your nutrition we
1: were so covid safe except for that moment where i ate the sandwich that had other people's hands all over it <laughs> yeah, and yeah, was yeah. in the woods for an extended period of time with lunch feed on it that was yeah. the only time
4: yeah I'm no fine yeah luckily the the first crop <laughs> sandwich the majority of shooting it lasted the whole way it wasn't like we had to like keep kind of altering it because like finger holes would get messed up um
2: the lettuce kept getting but, unglued because it was too
3: wet.
4: Yeah, Ugh. but uh, yeah, it, it, we realized it like it worked because towards the end of the film, where he gets all messed up, since we had backups, we just the last thing we shot was you know him getting torn up and right. stuff. So it, it luckily, it panned out that way. There's quite uh, that's a something. theme of puppets that year. There was, a, there was quite uh, a yeah. few films. Hey, puppets.
2: puppets are underrated, man. We keep trying <laughs> to like. with the 48 at least we keep trying to get them to add the genre of puppets but yeah they haven't yet but we'll (laughs) we'll get there one day (laughs) one day it'll happen
1: (laughs) you know i want to keep it going because the only time i get nominated for best actor is when there's a puppet that i'm (laughs) alongside so we got to keep going guys
4: (laughs) (laughs) um I guess I, I want to shift gears. I want to talk. Uh, this might not be up Wyatt's alley or Erica's, but. Well, then I'm leaving. Uh, uh,
2: <laughs> bye <Bye-bye>.
4: bye. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, gear wise, are you guys using like rentals? Do you have your own gear? What do you, uh, do you have your own packages? What, what, do, what do you use? Um, everything's like a Canon Rebel T2Y with a
3: kit lens. Sorry, that's like a
6: good joke.
4: <laughs> I got dude, on my face. I like, <laughs> i get that one. I <laughs> was utterly shocked.
2: Yeah, that's nice. what I use for my vlogs. <laughs> oh,
3: my
4: God.
3: Um, yeah, no. Uh, let's see. The last two years, so for uh, Tea Time and the Fortune Taker, we rented a um, uh, Panasonic S1H. And I liked it for the fortune taker. We wanted to shoot at like four by three aspect ratio. And the S1H allows you to shoot open gate. Three, Three two. Three, two aspect ratio. I'm the cinematographer, so (laughs) I should (laughs) not. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it shoots open gate, which uh, is pretty interesting. And um, so I wanted like that look where we have that kind of old fashioned aspect ratio, but it's like mega large format. So you get that like separation with backgrounds. I thought that was an interesting mix. But yeah, the S1H has been really handy. It's got a little bit of rolling shutter stuff, but no one cares about that. Um, and then Marjorie's Normal Life, I owned a Canon C200 at the time. And that was just really nice because like, it was like, oh, this is like a mockumentary. This is like the camera coat for a documentary. So, And then in the past, we were using other various um, Canon cameras and whatever we had. I know one year, so we after our first year in 2013, <clears throat> we were like riding high. We are like, oh, that was awesome. We just like, we had no idea what we're doing and we're so cool so we we want to film on something better because so i was like a canon 60 or something like that and so we're like okay let's like use the best pro prize of the red camera rental and shoot on red for the next you know year so we rented the red but in 2014 i had like shot in the red like a few times but i wasn't that experience with it. And, you know, we're shooting, I guess it was 6K files. And just, you know, again, at the time, like, our computers were just, like, burning up and everything. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't have internal audio because I didn't know what I was doing. And so, like, we're syncing everything up by, like, mouth and stuff because we also didn't have uh, a slate or anything. So, it was just like, okay, yeah, maybe we need something a little bit more ergonomic next time and uh, not, <laughs> not this, like, mega red camera. So, it's that was a lesson that we we learned.
2: That's another yeah. thing that we learned uh, very long ago. I, I banned 4K. You, know, you, can't, you can't even deliver it in 4K. So I'm like, let's not shoot it, please. I don't so, want to make proxies.
3: Yeah. What we like to do is, and it's because they had to work with me and I'm like a tyrant about this sort of stuff, But um we so we'll shoot 4k 6k or whatever but for the purposes of the film fest everything will be like working with the 2k files and so then when we want to upload to youtube later we can relink to those 4k files or whatever just to like satisfy some sick obsession i have or something like that so
5: that's worked out pretty well but yeah it's definitely
3: <laughs> nobody's happy with it except for me it's, um, honestly
5: i was i was more nervous about it before it's, yeah. it's worked out pretty well actually once you get yeah. the workflow down and yeah. this last one was quite a challenge with that because with the remote we had three three or four editors um working at different locations so we used like a i forget what the tool is called Resilio sync, Resilio like sync. Like a, yeah, oh yeah, yeah.
2: I, I use that for work yeah yeah, yeah
5: so we, we were just dropping files back and forth to each other and that worked out really well and so actually the with the covid what we used to do before this was we would physically move all of our computers to one person's house and like make that our base of operations and do all of our editing like in a basement in a big, you know, circle or whatever. And move around the files on the local network. Which I mean worked out, um, but it got pretty pretty toasty and (laughs) very tiring. Yeah. So with COVID obviously we didn't want to do that. So we're like, well let's just do it remote and, and network the files around. We all had pretty pretty decent internet. Um, and actually that worked out better than expected to the point that I think even, yeah. you know, even post COVID, we're probably still going to do that because yeah. then I can go to sleep in my own bed yeah. <laughs> and not have to cart my computer around and not have to deal with, you know, six people in a basement running yeah. their computers all night.
3: I think COVID is going to have us like questioning a lot of things that we had done before. Like, wait a second, why did we put ourselves through that? Like, it's like,
6: yeah. why
3: did I go to work at all? Um,
4: <laughs>
2: I don't miss commuting at all.
4: Oh, yeah. (laughs) um, What do you guys shoot on? Um, So it will vary from project to project. Uh, Typically, you know, uh, when I bring like a DP in or whatnot, uh, he'll usually have his camera package with him. So it was interesting to hear you guys talk about like rentals because then now you're working that into your budget and stuff. So, But I guess you're going to have a baseline budget before you come in so you know the rentals, it's, yeah not unexpected thing, but um we used to shoot like oh with Sony A7S, the first gen and stuff. Um and then we've upped our cameras, but with Erica's rule, like no 4K, like um, which i which i don't i don't disagree with because you you're if you're getting it at 1080 like i get like make the workflow easier you're in a time constraint and that kind of stuff um i want to say did we did we shoot 1080 for remnant because we shot with the c200 for that one
2: i'm gonna check right now though
4: you're I gonna check, check right now there.
2: yeah I'm gonna check yeah right
4: now. well because because my dp mo who was on for that one like he is animate about like i don't want to shoot anything under 4k yeah like we we did like the horror sci-fi one uh the 48 and we were like a few shots in and like i got over his shoulder to see and i saw 4k in the corner he was working with the a7s2 and i was like if something flipped. I'm like, oh, mom's going to find out. Dude, you got to change. This game. <laughs> okay. We can't do this. Erica's going to lose it. And he turns and he goes, why are we not going to be shooting in fourth day? And I'm like, because Erica said so. We can't do it. <laughs> like, like flipping out. But um not, like, I mean, because we deliver in 1080. It looks good up when we're actually in a theater, like yeah. it, 1080. Like it looks great. And it, um, the workflow is good. But um, we're almost in like a point now of like, we can kind of pick and choose the gear, um, based off, you know, uh, what kind of a crew we're going to get. Like now I've upped my own gear, but, you know, because I've filmed for a living, uh, with a marketing company and, uh, uh now I've got black magics, um, that now I'll like, that's going to be my go-to if I don't have a DP coming in with his camera. Cause now all my, all my contacts are shooting with something completely different. Like, you know, the C200, a buddy of mine's got the C300 now. I know guys shooting with the Ari who doesn't Mm -hmm. return my calls. uh, (laughs) uh, But no, it's cool. I think, I think it can be project dependent, you know, like what's going to work best for us. The C200 was perfect for us for the remnant because we used all natural lighting. It was literally run and gun and with the built-in nd filters using the zoom lenses you know like we're framing like our tights just with the turn of like the zoom uh we're all shoulder rigged pretty much because we wanted that grittiness you know because a lot of it's just walking through the woods and uh luckily my dp had just gotten a craigless score of uh two four by four magic silks so now everyone's skin tone looks great on the the medium to close shots and and all we're doing is bouncing light or, or getting like negative fills in. And that's something we'd never done before. Everything else is me like trying to rig up all these fancy lights, do all these crazy things, you know, slowing production down because that light isn't blue enough. But it was good this year because of the challenge. And, I, and I'm really happy with just how it turned out uh, from a stylistic point. It looks great. Well, that's that's why I had to ask with that Panasonic, like your tea times, your skin tones, your lighting. Like, that's why I wanted to know if like this is like a package you guys have worked with, you know, consistently because you are getting a great picture and it it plays into your style, you know. And you had me fooled because Panasonic S1 was not on my list of what I thought you guys were filming with. Mine either. Um, But then he did a test. Like a field
7: test with it and mm-hmm. like the dynamic range is actually pretty insane right yeah
3: especially yeah for its class i think it's it's pretty good and you know one of the reasons i wanted it for this project you know it, we, we didn't really know what we we're doing but i knew we had some team red people kind of on the periphery so i'm like okay i want to be able to move a camera and i, I you know my days of like running around with a movie for 72 film fester behind me and like of that but it, was, it has a great in-body stabilization so you can kind of do some free hand you get those dynamic twists and stuff like that right. And I knew you could put like a wide angle paired with that full frame it would look like really big and kind of like not fisheye but like you know really expansive in some of our like quick um you know kung fu inspired fight scenes so um yeah i i think it's pretty good also sometimes this is really nerdy so i'm just like i'm sorry to waste everyone's time but you can shoot ProRes raw out of it and that's 12-bit raw. That's like perfect for grading and um, with full frame, the noise is like awesome. So I think it shoots above its weight class. Uh, it's, it's not like Ari Alexa or Alexa LF or anything like that, but it's like, it could fool a lot of people, I think so.
4: Do you find that ProRes helps with uh, your special effects, Peter? Like just <laughs> what they're shooting into or nothing helps? Uh, I find that, Whatever they give
7: me, I proxy <laughs> proxy it so that I can have the lightest weight thing I, I can, because I know that whatever I do, you know, we're going to move it back into those proreses or, or something that's you know lossless, and um, it's going to change slightly, but like proxies are generally good enough for me to work with, especially for animation, for any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh,
1: that's yeah, pretty much how it
4: goes it's still just mind-blowing to me the visual effects you guys get in uh with with your projects here absolutely yeah fortune taker was killer with the effects too oh that was harder yeah (laughs)
7: Yeah. Yeah. i I wanted to try 3d and uh it was strategic that it was black and white yeah yeah Yeah. color (laughs) makes you know it's a whole new dimension if you had color especially in 3d because then you have to add materials and everything but if i had black and white i could just have no materials i could just focus on like the texturing Mm -hmm. um what little there was and uh then just have fun in 3d which which took too long but uh we got we got some of those scenes in so uh, how
2: many people do you usually have for post-production maybe max of four i would
7: say
3: yeah, it's like Peter, Jonathan, myself, and then uh, I work with an editor, Stephen Han, mm-hmm. and he's also kind of a jack of all trades. So he did a little bit of visual effects for tea time, for instance, and he also like can cut together anything crazy fast. So yeah, lately
5: I've been doing more of the the main edits, putting the scenes in order, like making those sort of decisions. Um, in the past, we've had like an assistant sort of going through and like syncing audio and stuff and putting usable takes in order. Um, this time was a lot of people splitting the VFX work. You had Peter working out, you had Steven working on VFX for separate scenes. And then Nathan would pop in and help where needed. Um, and that usually worked out pretty good. Um, yeah, you
7: can usually tell how, how much manpower we have on the editing side by how good the audio is.
6: <laughs> yeah. so, so if
7: the special effects and the cut editing the comes first, <laughs> then comes the audio. And then if we can we do color correction.
2: Yeah.
7: <laughs> That's yeah. so if the audio is
5: good, we have enough <laughs> editors. We have enough editors in the room. Yeah.
6: yeah. This one um,
5: because everyone was so busy with VFX, um it's been a long time since I did some video work back in college and did some stuff when I was younger and then sort of got out of the game for, for quite a while. Um so I haven't done any of the modern like VFX stuff, mm-hmm. so I leave all that to to Peter and Nathan. And then the audio too, but this time everyone else was so busy on VFX, I tried my hand at some of the audio stuff this round. Which I learned a lot, and the first pass was definitely uh, pretty rough, but, but that helped and sort of expanded. People, yeah, everyone, everyone watching this who's, who's like, oh I just do one thing, like, try different things, try, try sound, try editing, try VFX, try, try all this stuff, this is the time to do it, and it's, it's a lot of fun to just learn new stuff.
3: Yeah. It's interesting because I know you all, you do 48 hour film fest and obviously we all have our lives outside of 72 on our That's side, <laughs> on <laughs> our side, like 72 film fest is like the yearly singular tradition and we, we don't do 48 hour film fest, at least not as, as this team here. So a lot of times, when we enter a 72 film fest we're kind of reacting to last year and we're like okay that was fun this is what we want to try we want to try something with 3d something like that so do you guys do you find that you're like you know reacting to your previous entries in in this particular 72 film fest or just in general it's kind of like whatever is in the ethos of your thoughts
2: i mean it kind of depends because like It it depends on the competition, too, I think, because, like, at least for the 48 hours, they have different rule sets than the 72, like different prompts, basically. So one thing that's nice that I like about the 72 is that you actually have a lot of freedom to do whatever you want, pretty much. You can do any kind of story you want as long as you have this one specific thing. And like this past year, it was the, the frame that you had to, you know, copy or mimic or whatever. Um and then like one year it was like tarot cards that kind of guided what your story was going to be. That one I liked that one. That was funny. What year was that? Hercules. I think that was Hercules. I think that was Hercules. Yeah. But anyway, um, but yeah, so it, I think it depends on the competition a lot. Yeah.
4: Wait a minute. No, That's was Hercules was. the constellation one?
2: Oh, that was the constellations. Yeah. Tarot you're right.
4: card was that in round? Tarot
2: cards was in round. Yeah.
4: Okay. yeah. All right. yeah.
2: I forgot yeah. where I
1: was going. I mean, that. no, honestly, I, I mean, I don't want to speak. I think this is probably more of a question for Dan. Cause I know that, um, Dan, um, from my understanding is, is constantly thinking about, Hey, what do we need or, or what did we do last time? And how do we kind of up things and change things a little bit on that end, but like Cause it sounds like what you guys are talking about. Like we made a story that was kind of like this and we want to try this kind of a thing, which requires a different kind of story and writing to a story to help you to achieve almost your
5: own challenge. Is that, am I understanding that correctly? Yeah. I, I don't know if I agree with the one they said about like this reacting thing. but I me, mean, I just, to me, it's like what we've sort of done to keep things interesting and to make sure we don't get stuck in a rut. Cause I kind of felt like with, with the previous team, we got stuck into doing the same kind of film every year because it worked. Mm-hmm because mm-hmm. it got good reception um, and things like that. And so I wanted to try to challenge us, yeah, to basically create challenges for ourselves each year. The first year was sort of just, let's just get this rolling. But then the second year with Fortune Taker, we knew we wanted to do noir. We knew we wanted to do something heavily cinematography focused. Gotcha. Um, the mm-hmm. third year, we, we had actually different plans for this year, which have now been moved to next year, which I won't spoil. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> um But this year, we then knew, after we pivoted, that, okay, let's just do something ridiculous. Let's do, you know, we have these martial arts people on the periphery, like Nathan said. Let's do something martial arts. So um, that's sort of been our thing, is to give us some sort of goal, something that we know ahead of time. Not before anyone gets mad at us, not Uh writing scripts, (laughs) not making assets, just having, okay, we know this year we want to tackle this kind of a thing yeah and, and that's been kind of fun it gives us something to look forward to like oh wow yeah th- we haven't done this before this will be fun you know and gives us a way that you then combine that with a criteria to give you some sort of burst of inspiration and then you get it focuses your attention a little more which we like
1: yeah um dan do you set any challenges for yourself when when you're doing stuff with us if so i don't i don't know of it
4: i don't well, I, I i think the way We kind of approach the uh, new year. At least I do. Is when when we finish a project, I kind of ask crew like, "All right, give me a grade for you know your work on this." Or you know, it's almost like an exit survey kind of style. Like grade yourself, and of course, I'm always like a low, you know, C something. Like I I messed this up. This wasn't right, and blah blah blah. But it's interesting because I want to get feedback because usually we try to work with same crew if we can, and I think more of that approach to the year is not so much, you know, like what story are we gonna tell this year. It's more like, what can I do to make the production a lot smoother or streamlined this year versus last year? Like last year we had this problem, you know, with uh, securing locations. So this year we're gonna really focus on, let's have like three or four options and not just choose one because who knows if something happens this year you know it's 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 more of those the behind the scene production things that I want to focus on because you know like with these competitions the creativity and everything happens you know you know when we're given the challenge and I I don't like to think of you know like certainly I thought of like you know if I shot a noir how would I want to shoot this how would I want this to look but like I I don't think of that going into uh, the year, you know, or going into the film challenge. Like, all right, I know we're making noir. Hopefully, they give us this that will plug into here or like that, because uh, it kind of slows down our all creativity. Because like we talked about, like we're all improv. Like like we find something. Like okay, cool. Let's build on this. And if we're pre planning that, like it's it's just not gonna have the same kind of feel. Yeah. So awesome. more of what I want to work on is just making sure like crew is going to be good. They can have the tools they need. They can rely on us to give them the process and structure this time around that maybe we were lacking last year, you know, but more times than not we're getting people that are like, dude, anytime you're doing this, please call me. Like I'll make it work to be back here to do this kind of stuff. And I, I really pride on that because we try to keep a warm, you know, happy set. Like that's not to say that there aren't frustrations or there. there you know things are as smooth as they can be you know when we're filming till uh like one year we film till like four or five in the morning you know we
2: filmed <laughs> and, until sunrise
4: yeah filmed till sunrise
6: <laughs> so we decided everything had
4: to be a night shoot and we're not moving anything and no That's when we're erica not got gonna a curfew. cheat this it needs to be <laughs> you know so then but that that taught me of like okay well if we're going to be doing like night shoots like how can i work with my crew beforehand to like rig those you know nighttime interiors or or like like block out that window we can make it work or we'll shoot around this we'll get that done and and it's more of just keeping open communication with those people and with you know, the other members of shrug, like, uh, cause like you guys are talking about, you got like four people in your post-production, the Erica. <laughs> <that her. So, laughs>
6: audio
4: uh, color correction. When there's time, like sometimes maybe yeah. we have a second person and they're it's just gathering color. assets or like mm-hmm. they're, you know, uh, one year we needed like a UFO to come in. So we had a buddy like draw a UFO and then yeah. give it to her. And now she can animate it in, you know? Yeah. So. But yeah she's I'm our not.
1: kaiser permanente yeah
4: it's just everything you, know, you need I don't right that's there a
1: compliment, Wyatt. <laughs> um, I really
2: don't
1: it is so. when you break a bone <laughs> and you need stitches in your head <laughs> yes. yes it is
2: and you also need to pick up your prescription <laughs>
6: <laughs>
1: um no it's it's funny that we talk about like challenges and stuff like that um and it's always interesting um from the perspective that I have just because, you know, I'm an actor first before I ever became an acting coach or or anything like that. Acting coaching was something that I did on set because I was like, I wanna be useful outside because like, I mean, you guys probably know this, there are times as a producer, your job becomes really important when things are wrong. But like when things are going well and everything is fine, everything is going according to plan, like everything is already kind of set up. And so I, I wanted something um, to, to be able to do on sets. And there are times that like, you know, I, I think like, oh, next time I really want to be able to help someone in this way, or I really, you know, I would love to give myself a role that is, is really fantastic or something like that. But the truth is, is that like, when it comes down to us starting this whole thing, I just want whatever idea excites me. Um, and every single time, even when it seems like, all right, guys, it's 10 o'clock and we don't really have anything yet. It's like, I am always blown away by the people that I work with to create something that is incredibly artistically fulfilling and exciting and different and new. And it renews the love that I have for why I do this. Like when you do these competitions, for those of you that may have never done it before, Hey, do you like sleep? Don't do this. Duh. Do you do you want to have an emotional breakdown later? Well, well, if you do, this is the place to be. It's like there's an emotional cost to doing this. There is a, a physical cost to doing this. And sometimes, you know, you might wonder, well, what, why? We've had people be like, "Hey, you guys make good films." Are like, why are you why are you doing this so fast? And it's like it's because I like being in pressured situations with my team and trug because every single time. They renew what I love about this. They renew the team aspect and they make it so that it's like, I feel like I'm a kid again. Like I feel like I'm a kid playing make believe next to my best friends. And and it's the best. Hey, I started. Stop. I was trained to have my emotions on the outside. All right. So.
5: Awesome. But why do you guys do it? Uh, for the clicks, man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, for me, anyway. I mean, I'll let Nathan, Pierce, speak for themselves. But when I was younger, I I got you know all our friends together and we did a bunch of stupid movies and stuff like that. When I went to college, I considered pursuing you know film as like a degree. I decided not to and went a different direction. But it's still been something that I've I've always enjoyed. I've liked. It's gr- it's a great combination of both a creative and technical challenge, which I really appreciate. Um you get to do it with with your friends, in our cases friends and family. Um I got my brother here, my brother in law down there. <laughs> and then and then with Seventy Two Fest, you know, it's a great time bound event where everyone gets together, you look forward to it, you do it, it's done. For me I get I get just enough of this sort of filmmaking to be satisfied and then Get to not be stressed the rest of the year, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, yeah, it's just it's just a good time with with people. You get to make something that you're really proud of, uh, no matter how well it does um, in the fest. And that was sort of the goal with this team going in was let's make something that we like, make something that we're proud of, make something that was fulfilling for us that we can look back and watch that. like that was a good time. And uh, or despite how stressful it was, wow, look at what we created in just you know a couple days. That's pretty cool. So that's it for me.
7: Yeah, I'd say um, that I really like doing Film Fest because, like Jonathan said, it's, it's seventy-two hours. It's time boxed, so like there's no chance of it like spilling over. If you if you miss the deadline, it's it's done, and you can just get back to your life. <laughs> but so much of what I do these days uh, is in the category of design, and um, like when you're designing your kind of architecting things with, a course, a or solution. I, I like to say, like, design addresses and art expresses. So art gives you that chance to express, and I don't really get to express myself in design. I'm, I'm solving a problem. But I think it's important when you do art, you have a chance to just do wild things, push yourself to make... Um, designs or solutions that are beyond what you would normally prescribe as a solution as you're doing a job as a designer. So I really think that it's important to like stress yourself, stress your, your artistic brain uh, in that way so that you can expand your skills and, and kind of put them in that proving ground of a 72 hour time box to just do as much good stuff as you can within that bound Amount of time, so that's that's really why I like it.
1: Yeah, no, and I I resonate with that um, as well because the problems that come up. these things it sounds so ridiculous when you get out of it i remember us talking about like when we did buzz which is like a jaws parody with a giant bee. we had a conversation of how do we make a giant bee? Yeah. and like <laughs> a serious this serious conversation of like oh well you just get a big styrofoam ball and you put a bunch of fuzzy uh, pom-poms on it and then we're like that's never gonna work and then we saw it and we're like this is the funniest thing that i've <laughs> ever seen in my whole life i love this and so coming up with creative solutions and forcing yourselves to really stretch in that way um is really really unique as an actor i get hired all the time to make people laugh like i'm so comfortable in that zone you want me to walk in do the funny thing and leave no problem boss where's my check like i'm so used to that it's you know i can i can do it pretty easily but like when we did this one it's like you haven't seen your wife in about a year okay go and it's like, well, this is totally, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, don't, I'm, I think you hired the, hired the wrong guy. And so it's, it's really cool that just giving us a screenshot and saying, make a film, ended up putting me in that position. And it's amazing that you have a group of people around you that are saying, hey, you can do this. And I'm sure you're in that same kind of boat with like hey make laser beams come out of the elephant's eyes you got this <laughs> yeah now.
7: like i don't get to do that when i'm designing interfaces
4: well <laughs> 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 oh, you could you could try you can see how
7: results may vary.
4: so yeah it, it, it's so cool to just hear everyone kind of like talk with that because everything is just like so similar like with us as filmmakers, you know, we could all make 20 different films and different styles. But when you talk about making film, like all these answers are like so similar, you know, like like Wyatt and John are both talking about like, yeah, felt like kid again. Like I'm in the same boat. I was making stupid videos with my stupid friends that. <laughs> god i hope no one ever (laughs) sees. you know and it it, you know going to college i'm like i'll never make a living out of this blah 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 like i'll just be an editor and next thing you know like now we're here meeting up a couple times a year you know just to get that creative fulfillment like why it's talking about like peter's talking about like that quote's awesome the uh was it uh design for problems art is uh it's uh uh, gotta get the rhyme It's, it's yeah uh Design
7: addresses art expresses art expresses that's like,
6: <laughs> yes,
4: yes, dude. Like, for me, like, I do it. It's like we're talking about like that creative fulfillment. Like, we create our own problems in our art here of like, how do we get these solutions and stuff. And once you get that solution and it, you get it recorded and you're just playing it back and you just see it like come together, it's it's an honest high, you know, like, and each year i'm like i'm chasing that high i'm chasing the dragon like i gotta get back to that place like there's no better feeling than you know getting a sandwich to die on screen and you know everyone's crying for some reason you know like that's freaking awesome so.
1: yeah kids say no to drugs say yes to too. <laughs> yep uh, <laughs> unless it's Just art you. Say <laughs> nice,
6: yeah.
1: i want dan in some back alley like you got any 48s man yeah <laughs> oh
6: no, dude! Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry.
5: This is all getting cut.
6: Yeah, no, it
5: is not. <laughs> not. Right, now, why do you do it?
7: Oh my gosh,
5: me? Uh- yeah, you don't want to actually. They, it's interesting. There, you know, I guess a lot of these teams are a mix of people who do it both professionally and in the fest, and people only do it for the fest. And you're one of the. You do it professionally, so why do you subject yourself to this?
3: <laughs> well, uh, I was gonna say that, like. Again, I've been doing it since 2013, so I had to, like, ask myself, like, wait, why do I do this? I do this every year. Like, <laughs> I forget. Um, and it's weird. I, You know, there, there's been times where I've, like, marked my calendar by 72 Film Fest. And if it was a bad year, 72 Film Fest, the, the whole next 12 months were cursed. And so, <laughs> 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 um, but, no, I mean, like, yeah, so I work at... Uh, creative agency in, uh, DC and, you know, advertising does not necessarily fit (laughs) into the art expresses, uh, function. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot there, but I also do other narrative short films and stuff like that. But I I do think it speaks to what Wyatt and Jonathan were saying with kind of recapturing, you know, something, um, from a different time, you know, working with, with Jonathan specifically, you know he taught me how to like edit videos and you know i always thought he was like the best ever and i would never like actually get into it but now it's like he's really bad at it and i'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> um no but uh so i really like you know working with these people in this you know uh combustible fashion stress and you know, i think like my family and everyone in this circle likes the pressure, you know, we want to do good and we want to like, you know, add additional challenges to ourselves to do something we haven't done before. And I definitely agree. It's, it's some sort of sick obsession, um, where every year you like you chase it. And it's always like that, that first rough draft, you know, you're sitting there and you ask yourself like, does this work? You know what I mean? Like, is this what we just waste our time here. Um, and I don't know. I mean, like, it changes from year to year too, you know, like that's kind of what I was saying with like reacting where some years I'm like, I really want to chase like this sort of artistic en- endeavor and other years. I'm like, you know what? I really just want to relax and have fun and do something crazy. Um, so I kind of like that. It can kind of fit different roles each year for me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I was talking about like childhood and like what it felt like when I was a kid, I would, God, I was stupid. I told my parents, I was like, I want to grow up and be an archeologist but the truth was I wanted to be Indiana Jones and I thought that was what archeology span was because he was an archeologist and I was going to fight Nazis and it was going to be great. And I was like, that's what I wanted to like be, but I didn't know as a kid how to express it. Like, I want to feel the feeling of adventure. Like, that's actually what I want. And that like, when I think of adventure and adventure movies, that's what I think of. I think of Indiana Jones, uh, think of Temple of Doom specifically. I apologize now, but um, it's <laughs> like <laughs> when we did in Route, um, you know, about the gamer who just has to go outside to <laughs> get the FedEx box, and the the emotional journey of his gluttony, like the moment where he's coming up the stairs, pulling himself up by his favorite
2: shot of all his
1: things. yes of his, by his Xbox controller cord (laughs) every time. That was great. (laughs) Right. And it's like, every time I see that moment, it's in a weird way, I feel like I did it because I still, to this day, feel that feeling, that rush of excitement, the same as when Indiana Jones spoilers climbs to the top of that rope bridge with that rock in his hand and I guess he did it for Shankar or whatever, but like it fills me with that same feeling. And it's like, I'm so incredibly thankful that like a kid that just wanted to go on adventures. Like I get to do that with my friends and create something I'm proud of that fills me up with that. These are things where it's like, I'm never going to forget this for the rest of my life. Like, like I, I was a part of it. That's pretty, it's awesome.
5: Erica, how about you?
2: Yeah. Um... Why do I do these? I don't know why I do them. (laughs)
5: All right, who's next? (laughs) No, I mean,
2: so, yeah, so professionally, like, I'm, you know, I'm also one of the working professionals, and in my day job, I (laughs) edit college lectures. It's really... (laughs) Really riveting and very creatively fulfilling as i'm sure you can imagine um but no it's it's nice to do these because like you know like all of you said it's 72 hours of just pure creativity just flowing through your veins you got it's like no filter almost and you don't have the energy to have a filter because you have 72 hours to make a whole movie um but i also just like that you don't have the chance to procrastinate or think about anything else like you have one mission you got one goal and you got to do it and if you don't then like you just wasted everybody's time like you got to do it yeah um and it's it's nice and really rewarding to come away with something that you're proud of afterwards, which happens to me every time. I'm like, we're writing it. And I'm like, I don't think this is going to be good. This is not going to be as good as I think it is. And then we're shooting it. And I'm like, this is definitely not going to come together well. And then I start editing. I'm like, what did we do? This is not going to work. And then I finish it. I'm like, oh, look at that.
6: It's a movie.
2: It worked. <laughs> Who knew? And just that moment where, like, my favorite moment is like, when we're finally finished and we're all watching it together and like you actually watch it as a movie instead of starting and stopping and watching the cuts and, you know, waiting for that beat of the music to pick up right at the cut because you know it's there because you put it there, like actually watching it and appreciating it as a movie, the way the audience would it like, it's just a, a weird feeling to know like, Oh, like I made that and like people are gonna watch this and have their own emotional experience to it that could be completely unrelated to, you know, us. Like they won't even know who we are necessarily and they're still gonna watch our movie and go either, oh, that was hilarious or "Mm, it didn't really click with me. But whatever (laughs) the reaction is, you know, that's like, they're kind of like joining your creative experience in a way. Um, It's like, I I used to have a professor in college who talked about how his favorite thing in the world was seeing a film in a theater because you have the like audience reaction. And it's kind of the same way, like with the 72, with the 48s, all of these, when you see your film on the big screen during premiere night, it's it's really surreal because it's like you made that you're sitting in a theater people are watching something you poured your heart into and then you see your name in the credits and you hear people clap and you're like oh, whoa <laughs> like what just happened i mean it's just like a whole the whole experience is it's is what it's about you know and it's in such a short time frame that like you get it going you have no time to think about what you're feeling you go for it and then afterwards you can absorb what what just happened or not or just forget the whole experience because you were so stressed out you so don't retain much. anything i mean <laughs> one or the other but um i mean i guess that's that's why i do it you know for the whole the whole experience of it and of course to hang out with people i like i mean i guess that, that works too that's fine.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that uh that that made me uh think of a question with premiere night erica enjoys it uh it's a great it is a great process and everything but i know for me it's like a form of torture sitting there and just waiting for your film to come on and you know what's gonna happen and you're waiting like is are they gonna get it like is this joke gonna land or like is uh oh my god what if they hate it like what is gonna happen so it's like just sitting there and just yeah filled with anxiety um for me but once you hear like that first joke land there's like oh it's such a great feeling like when you guys are at the premiere how does are you, are you filled with anxiety or you're just like oh well, no they're gonna enjoy it
6: like, <laughs> oh yeah no there's gonna
4: yeah. be an export they, error, uh, for sure. <laughs> it's always weird
7: when they laugh at something that wasn't a joke <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
6: like
5: well at least they're engaged <laughs> <laughs> um oh yeah i mean back when i did it's been this way ever since i did like audio visual presentations for like my church growing up or something <laughs> like it's coming up and i'm just like nope and i leave the room it's just like i can't something's gonna go wrong or it's just gonna be not nearly as as good as i think it is or maybe it's just as bad as i think it is <laughs> uh yeah no it's terrible <laughs> i don't mind it as
6: much I,
3: i'm yeah i mean i definitely it's like a little stressful in that sort of like
5: I feel like yeah. you don't mind it as much because you, you start to adopt this doom and gloom attitude because I swear every time it's just like we're not getting anything. Well,
7: it also Nathan performer, like, uh, go And you and not I not are like out. extreme yeah. introverts, so yeah. yeah. Nathan can like perform on stage. I, I
3: I mean like I I really like seeing the audience reaction and oh yeah, uh, it's definitely nothing like can compare to that for me and you know and I am nervous and I'm. Uh, I hope they get it just like you said, but um, I don't know. I, I, I enjoy that though. It's it's kind of a masochist in the pain that I experienced. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay.
6: laughs>
3: a bit further than this podcast is supposed to cover. Um, <laughs> anyways.
2: I always look for export errors. Cause it happened once like oh. in college During like our thesis screening, there was an export error. And ever since then, I've been scarred for life. So you can, I'm sure you can tell a lot about like how I function just based on the things that I've banned. (laughs) (laughs) The way we work for these things, no green screen, no 4K. Yeah. (laughs) I always check for export errors, (laughs) scarred for life. (laughs) That's the one thing I always look for when during the premiere, I'm like, please, no glitches, please, no glitches. I don't even, (laughs) like,
3: that's all I it was like maybe back in i guess 2012 uh yeah i just started out and like we'd done this video for some company that was having this opening party and i guess the hard drive had gotten disconnected multiple times during the render and i didn't notice because it it just kept going and so they're playing in front of all these people and then just green frames like start like popping up and i turned to the guy i'm like I think something's wrong with the projector. (laughs) (laughs) So you just gotta like, you know,
4: clearly. (laughs) Yeah,
3: that projector was horrible. We'll never rent that one again. (laughs) (laughs) But
6: I knew what happened.
1: (laughs) I'm in I'm in the same camp as Dan, which is funny because I literally get paid to make things up in front of large groups of people on stage. And like I don't have a plan going out there and okay, I'll go do it. And I'm like, it's fine. But like, when we have those premieres, my God, <laughs> I'm like hyperventilating up until the moment that it gets shown. And then I'm like, Oh, because I'm so used to immediate gratification. I'm so used to like, I'm on stage. I do a thing. Audience goes, yay you're nay. And then I know what's happening. And with like this, it's like, I remember when we did um the great bunny movie i had a conversation with dan where i was like dan this is gonna work right <laughs> right this is gonna work okay good okay just checking I'm,
4: hey i'm all with you i'm all in just but it's gonna work okay cool i want to make sure i want to double check i i'm pretty sure i told you yes but in the back of my head i'm like no one's gonna like this <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: my God. That
4: was the one year that I wasn't on set for the shoot, too. <laughs>
2: I yeah. didn't know what the story was until you guys came to me Saturday morning, like, so uh, this is the plot. And I was like,
4: oh.
1: <laughs> All right, oh, this is out. what happens
2: when I'm not there. I remember Erica, you
1: saying, <laughs>
4: now let's not make it too gory. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, we planned Can't for a throat something. slit, uh, another yeah. bite. <laughs> a Eyeball. Like, we don't have to out. see it. Like, what'd you say, Erica? Too gory? Got it. Story, <laughs> 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 yeah. my life. <laughs> um, it looks like we covered a lot of like the uh, questions they kind of post. I think one that's kind of interesting here is, could you name another team or two? Like, who who are you looking forward to to seeing each year? Well, there's this team called Shrug. I don't know if you've Oh. Of them. <laughs> no, it's funny you bring them up. Oh, so there's this team, Comatose. Yeah,
6: I don't yeah. know if you've I seen
4: them.
5: <laughs> <Wow>. They're overrated.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
5: um, I, mean, I mean, you guys have had some, some quality content, but if we're calling out other teams, I mean, I got to go with the obvious one first, which is Starwipe. They've done some amazing stuff. Yeah. Capsule Man was... That was ridiculous. So I always look forward to them uh stepdad i really liked the this this last one they did with the with the puppet show i really connected that with that great. um i really loved that one so those are going to be my call outs
3: yeah bring back laser star and this laser star <laughs> I was gonna say laser star
7: usually has some really solid um cinematography
3: this is the formal petition to bring back laser star <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I've never talked to them. I'm too scared, honestly. <laughs> uh, it's not good because you're the extrovert. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't mess with lasers, there. That's all I know. Uh, who does Dick dangerous?
2: Yeah, who does Dick dangerous? Oh, I don't know
3: he's a, he's a myth, a legend. Dad,
6: you have been doing every it every year, every year.
1: Yeah. Every year? I, ha- I have so much respect for that person because it's like, hey, all right, so this year we decided um, you have to have a computer monitor somewhere in your film and everything has to rhyme. And he goes, okay, great. And then like, you see Dick Dangerous and it's just like, I don't care what you want. I'm making my, I'm making this and you're gonna watch it. And every single time you watch it, Wyatt, you're gonna laugh at the Dick Strangler.
6: Yeah. Um,
1: I love it so much. I love the fact that there's like, re- like stick figures that look like they're drawn by a four-year-old and then like the most beautifully drawn things you've ever seen cohabitating. Um, I also really love stepdads this year. I, I like stepdad a lot in general, but stepdad did such an amazing job with their piece. Like legitimately, mm-hmm. I was when I was watching it, I was like, I hope that dude gets nominated, that main guy, because you know, I'm a stickler for acting. Cause I mean, that's that's what I do. But like my guy he killed it. Like he killed it. Um the other thing that i i really liked this year i can't oh i can't remember the name of the team but it was um it was like done in the tim and eric style do you guys know what i'm talking about it was this year Speak more. yeah it was this do year more. tell us more um about it was like it was Oh my goodness. It was about a, oh my gosh, what was it even about? That's not good.
2: Um, I liked it. I don't remember anything about it, but I liked
1: it. No, no, The end of it, it was like, it was all like motivational. And it was, um, it was about like this guy who was a loser and he had to like, oh my God, it was so, it was so good. I don't remember much, of it, I'm going to be honest, but it was like, i saw it twice and every single time it got funnier and it was it's so hard to nail anti-humor and that specific type of humor and they did such an amazing job with it. i wish i remember what they were but yeah so shout out the team i can't remember good job Wyatt. <laughs>
4: um i i do like stepdad stepdad i like their stuff uh star white um does does crowded elevator do the 72 or they just do the 48s uh, no they just do 72. 72 this year yeah, yeah. crowded elevator usually has they, they they get a good ensemble i believe yeah they
2: usually do mm-hmm.
4: good. yeah uh yeah it's not just like one actor carrying it like they usually do a good job of like getting a story with all these characters in it which is really nice um i'm trying to remember if it was in this one, it was maybe two years ago, who did the film where it took place in like a spaceship and it was just like that cheesy, like acting and moving, but they shot a green screen and, and Uh, (laughs) I give them so much credit because they shot like the spaceship exteriors was just like a Canon lens,
6: yeah,
4: like Mm -hmm. on green screen, just floating through yeah and uh, and, it and exactly it's you can time clearly time. tell it's a lens but it for some reason they murdered that story because it like that made it's sense so them good. inside just like it's clearly a garage with a few lights and <laughs> and like a couple desks so good, with tin foil on it and stuff like uh, i want to remember who did that one because that uh, i thought that, that was one was okay. really yeah, well done
1: that
2: was done, a good so. one i remember that one
4: too yeah. um while we're doing this i
1: also want to mention comatose um tea time there's a moment in your film where I could not stop laughing and I had to stop watching for a second to catch myself (laughs) because it was the moment where it's, um, it's like the second person that she goes to, who's like, where's Mr. B. And then the person goes to seek Mr. B is to seek death. (laughs) And the way he did it was so funny. I couldn't stop. Like just the way he said death, I was just like, give this man, at least an Emmy. He at was least amazing
5: it was uh travis davis right
3: yeah yeah
5: yeah he, he was. He's... he hammed it up to n- oh, 9001 yeah yeah um <laughs> it was it was perfect it was that was perfect. when i went from like oh i like this to like this is the best film <laughs> i've seen <laughs> yeah all of his stuff is interpreted i mean we didn't really like i don't know i wasn't on set but i'm pretty sure this is right but like we didn't tell him much about what to yeah. do with everything, and he just really every the physical, the, the vocal, everything about it was. And like at that so point, perfect. we had
7: like thrown off the veil and revealed that no, this is going to be a comedy, you know? Because <laughs> uh, like at first you got the opening scene, then you have like her interaction with the first guy she fights, and then it just evolves into that that <laughs> Scott Pilgrim thing, and then yeah. you're like, oh, this is a this is a comedy, and now mm-hmm. you introduce the next guy who just reaffirms that. And he does that awesome performance that you talked about.
6: Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah Travis Time is the uh, stuffed animal rolls around. You're, you're prepped. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a very well done escalation. You did. Cause like that alley fight. Yeah. It's nice and gritty. And then you get to this over the top thing. And then somehow you get even more over the top with, you know, elephant <laughs> fighting. Oh my God. Yeah. That was, that was funny. Cause That's so, so
3: like, this year, again, with COVID, it was just so hard to shoot. It was just Stephen and I on set for crew. So we're like moving around a light. And then, like, we have our our boom. We don't even have a boom operator. It's just like on a C stand in like the general <laughs> vicinity because we didn't have an operator. heavily
5: weighted to post production operator.
3: Yes, sound operator. operator. <laughs> yeah, sound <laughs> um, but yeah, and and like, with the rooftop scene, we had so little time, we had about like an hour and a half to shoot it. Um, So we're just like, all right, just go fast. And Travis brought so much energy to it. And uh, also he's like a big guy. You Like when they're doing those stunts, they are throwing themselves like all over the place. Um, and they're just like, they're just like, yeah, yeah. I'll just do it again. Okay, here we go. And then
4: Wham! <laughs> like, It's just like crazy move. I'm like, ah, <laughs> <Like>, ah! <laughs> um, okay. Oh, is he? part of that stunt team uh, team red pro like were all those actors part of that yeah
3: yeah travis um Tariq and uh jackie at different varying levels have, have been involved with team red pro for like i think travis has been there for years they, I, they also all fill different roles so i wouldn't like just say they're a stunt team it's just that that's more of their their niche you know thing. so um if you if you check out any of the work you'll be blown away with the stuff that they're able to, to pull off and and again the way they capture it on camera too i was just like trying to funnel some of their like intensity like okay i just have to pretend to be team red. let's go and then like because they do those like great twists and stuff like that so
5: um we really lucked out having them because we definitely had a backup plan of can we get someone who knows martial arts <laughs> and it was a it was a definitive maybe <laughs> so the backup plan was to just use us and just have it be intentionally the worst choreography you've ever seen um, <laughs> so thankfully we didn't have to go that route I don't know if that would it would have been its own thing but yeah, yeah. thankfully oh, yeah. we got some people that's who knew what they were
2: doing a style <laughs>
5: <choice>. <laughs> how do you guys like your I mean I guess you've talked about your brainstorming process but concepts for your films seem to vary so much and they're always <laughs> like great little twists on everything that's just like what, what's part of the grade is like what are they going to come up with next because like you know, a guy who's talking to a sandwich in the woods, you know, a a guy who has to fix God's computer. These are all like great little mixes of, of different, uh, different things. And I don't know if you have any insight on how you come up with that or if it's just, you're just that good. (laughs) I
2: I mean, I think it just has a lot to do with a, that we like brainstorm as a, big group. So we have a lot of different people with different ideas. And we like to hear as many ideas as possible before like 9.30 p.m. where we're like, all right, now we have to start writing for real. But it also stems a lot from the fact that we have so many improvisers and they're used to like that's literally what you do is you just come up with stuff on the fly. And so a lot of times we'll use like the prompts or the you know required elements or whatever as like a starting off point. But then I mean, I don't know what happens. Just you, got <laughs> you people throwing out ideas and then you just see what sticks to the wall, I guess.
4: Yeah. I with that, because yeah. there was one year we actually had like almost too many people. in one room and then we kind of we didn't want to throw a limit on it but we wanted to like all right there's people we know we trust especially hearing their ideas and like they understand like you know a story structure and stuff like that but a lot of it is that you know all right someone threw out one idea and it's it's that old improv rule of yes and like okay i like that and we kind of start with something small and then like kind of keep adding to that, like yeah, that's great, but then let's add this to this and kind of that, and then we get to a point of like, all right, that's in a good place. What else can we do? Like, all right, we have this idea. let's create something else and then like we kind of come back and weigh out those ones, like, okay, like this one's got a lot of space for us to like play into like these kind of jokes. We can do this, but this one was like more of the drama kind of style like it's it's almost like we try to find the tone we want to attack first or attach to the story. And then we kind of fill in those plot points and stuff like that. We want to make sure, you know, our characters are hitting these beats or like, you know, if this is happening, we've got to get to here. It's, it's not so much. We start with a, you know, beginning end, and end, we start with that and then just keep piling and go from there. So like those twists are like little things you find out, like we're like, you know, hitting that in the spot because maybe like, all right, We ran this improv scene like three different times and the third time why it said something completely different, you know, because we just found it that way, you know, which is really cool. like I, I, like, I really enjoy that kind of process because it's not like, all right, we had that idea. Just keep doing that. keep doing that. keep doing that. you know, like yeah. found this, what else can we throw at it? And sometimes, like we had like this w- weird idea that wasn't going to work anywhere. Next thing you know, like, it's a good joke that's going to come later in like our first idea. So like, it's always that yes. And like keep throwing more and then we'll take away uh, what we don't need. Yeah.
1: There's, so I know that you guys are talking about like, you guys are nerdy and, and you keep referencing that, which is like funny because I feel equally nerdy, but in like the <laughs> acting and improv world, um, according to improv theory, um, if I can quote like McNapier and like Del Close and all that, or and especially Opera Sizzle Brigade, Opera Sizzle Brigade is like one of, um, like if I could go anywhere to study improvisation, it would absolutely be there or with, with, uh, under annoyance and with McNapier, um, one of the concepts that they talk about in improvisation that that is really really useful in writing is if this is true then what else is true and so like um when we had for instance you mentioned like the film that we did deus where somebody fixing god's computer when somebody was like oh it has to be about the person doing the it job and like well what's a what's a highly stressed situation someone could be in, right? And then we're thinking of possible consequences. And then like, you almost play a game to see, okay, raising the stakes, raising the stakes, raising the stakes. And then you get to a point where it's like, well, we can't raise the stakes of this scene anymore. And it's like, well, yeah, you can, let's make it God. And then like, (laughs) okay, well, if it's God's computer, if that's true, what else is true? And then normally I think you would get to a point where you're like, this is crazy. Let's stop, let's stop. But like, because you start exploring, if that's true, then what else is? There's no part in the improvisational process. That's like, you get to here and then stop. That's the scene. No, it's if you found something that's exciting, that's interesting, that, that makes you laugh or is the most interesting idea, you attach yourself to it and you'll, and you'll hold on to it and that becomes your focal point. And then everything from there becomes, in a world where this exists, what else exists? And that's, I think, where a lot of these kinds of ideas um, come from. Like with the remnant, Um, the remnant came from we were, I remember we were talking about like, well, what's in his hand? Well, it's a tape recorder. Does anyone have a tape recorder? Because we had to use a frame where someone had a taper corner in their hand. And I was like, well, no. And then Dan was like, well, I think I have one. And then I was like, does it have to be a tape recorder? It could be anything. And they're like, well, it could be anything. And I was like, well, what if it's like a sandwich? And they're like, yeah, no, that's fine. Okay, cool. And then it became like, okay, cool. You'd know be really funny is if it's a sandwich in his hand. And I just kept, I was fixated on sandwich. Because why does someone have a sandwich in this dramatic looking scene? And so if that's true, what else is? Oh, the sandwich is his best friend. And then just kind of playing with that kind of, of idea. And that's, it's usually is what I look for.
5: Awesome. That's, that's a really interesting take. I love that. Thanks. I came up with it myself.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so, so with your ideas, like, do you, you I guess you would, you, you'd find your basic idea and you say like, well, it's almost one of you kind of plotting that out. Like, are you driven on the characters or driven on the idea how, do, how does that work for you guys um
5: i don't know if it's any particular one way or the other it's sort of sometimes it's like a concept like a sci-fi concept that we really liked or sometimes situational the mockumentary we landed on pretty quick um i think it was peter who who thought of like hey what what about like a modern day medusa kind of a deal and that was what we latched onto there But i mean yeah it's sort of whatever comes to mind that we feel like is doable that that interests us that um you know i don't i don't have a lot of experience like i don't have improv experience i don't have Mm -hmm. really even writing experience (laughs) (laughs) so i don't i I don't always feel like i really know what i'm doing but it's like well i think i think i could do this (laughs) and this seems interesting
7: i feel like if we were more competent writers we would definitely skew more towards writing for the characters you know, because I think that's the better way to do things, but we're not. So we write for the idea uh, a lot of the time.
5: Yeah, I think it's interesting right now that you mentioned that. We probably do tend to, we focus more on the idea than the characters. We actually haven't done a real character-driven piece in a while, or at yeah, least not on exactly. Comatose. Yeah, I guess I don't feel all that confident writing uh, good characters, Yeah, but I can get a situation going. <laughs>
6: yeah, I,
3: I think it's interesting, you know, uh, it's interesting how you, when you approach the idea, you're approaching it from improv. And I like to think about what are different ways into this idea? And I really respond to visual things. And sometimes what I like to do to like kind of test an idea to see if like it sticks with me is like, what is the establishing shot or what is the intro that kind of gets me in the mood? Cause that's what like the viewer is going to see first as well. And so I know for a few of her films, we kind of like, knew how it started so well. And we believed in that enough where we could continue that idea, uh, further. And so just kind of like knowing if you love it or not is just that first date with it and what it looks like on camera, just cause again, you know, visuals, like what I'm going to respond to the most. That's interesting. So the first scene is what you picture. Yeah, often, or I mean, sometimes I I treat it as the first scene, then it ends up not actually, right. you know, being it could be anything.
5: But like, I'm just like a iconic moment or something. Yeah,
3: like what gets me, what is going to like get me into the video or into the idea, um, and how how can that like make me more excited about this? And 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 a lot of that was in. Um, fortune taker. Cause that was, you know, we had such a visual focus that year, you know, and and seeing the two chairs of like the the medical stuff and trying to take this fortune taker. But like, we, you know, we wanted to be a little bit more medical. So like, what does that look like? And, um, and so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's just like a different way. I don't think it necessarily results in a fully formed idea. And we've even talked about scenarios where we ended up like kind of running out of rope because we like last year did something really fast and then didn't have enough to like finish it. But it is, I would maybe market it as just like a way to kind of test, you know, how excited you are about an idea, um, just like distilling. OK, so it's a lot going up, what does it look like in one filmable scene? You know,
1: it's interesting because I, I do feel like that concept is similar because we're talking about like what idea excites us. And you're talking about like the thing that hooks you into, okay, I'm in it, the buy-in moment, right. For your film. And like, those could be the same, like that, that could be one and the same. It all kind of, you know, depends. Cause when I'm thinking about it, sometimes it's like, Oh, it's really funny if he eats his best friend. And like, that's the idea and everything extrapolates from that moment. and. Yeah. Right. And I think that that could be the same between our crews, but you're just thinking of it more of the visual of someone eating their sandwich. And I'm thinking more of a person earnestly looking at a sandwich saying, I love you. I don't want to eat you.
4: that's cool. interesting. Yeah. I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Different ways it's, of looking at it. Yeah. It's really interesting too. Cause like uh, all this, it's like, I don't think there is like one correct way to, you know, you know, get a film done or write it, you know, like, uh, you talk about like concepts like what we're talking about are jumping off points for me like as directing i'm like doing a lot of camera stuff like i'm thinking about that visually too like where he's like why it's breaking down into that like the true nature the relationship between the sandwich and you know him where i'm just thinking i'm like okay is this gonna be cool if it's got googly eyes on it like <laughs> for those visual stuff too And and it's 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 almost like we're playing connect the dots of like, we find the gags, we find the bits, you guys find the pictures you're after and, you know, you get the line, connect the dots, the line, to line, to line, all that, and then eventually you've got your picture on, um, I, it, it's, it's funny how you're talking like a uh, fortune taker was mostly like visual for you because like the visuals are awesome in that, but I thought um, I'm going to have to rewatch it again after this, but aren't the two main characters brothers, right? Mm-hmm. That, in that relationship too. And I thought those two characters were super interesting and yeah, yeah. really cool. Like how, how, like, you know, they're just playing the two sides of it. So it's funny that, to me how you guys were just thinking of like, okay, I'm worried if this 3d coffin <laughs> is going to look good. And like, you no, know, I didn't really even think about the character. I'm like, well, that's surprising. Cause those two characters are very well done. Yeah, i was gonna say we owe a lot of that to the two actors
7: who um who played them they brought a lot of the character mm, to yeah. the lines and the, the plot that we sort of put together
5: yeah we, i mean and it's and sometimes it's it's i don't know that we didn't think of it but maybe it wasn't like the first thing we thought of and then we figure out later and yeah definitely with this one it was a clever effort with the with the actors particularly who proposed this, but like Okay, how can we spice it up more? Oh, if there are brothers, that makes it a lot more impactful. Right. Um, so it's sort of a, like a different order of where you come into these things. You know, we didn't start with, what if there's two brothers who are sort of become at odds with each other? Mm-hmm. We got there, but we started somewhere else. Right. Um, yeah. It's probably a product of, like, I think it's interesting. I think it would also be interesting, as we dig into these other teams here, to see the breakdown of, like, each team's creative like center. How many of them are people who think you know more characters, situations, more visuals? You know, our creative team I would say probably skews more. We're thinking about the visuals first. Um, you have other teams that have lots of improv people, and they're thinking in a very different way. Um, and sometimes you have a mix, and they all bring something different to the table. But I think it's interesting to see the products you get out of each team based on like how their team is balanced in terms of what they how they come up with these ideas what they latch onto, visually character wise story-wise situationally things like that yeah
6: that's cool <laughs> 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 well,
4: so you talked to um you know you know, just so we keep rambling here but you're talking about like you credit your actors you know in fortune taker for really bringing those characters to life is that I guess because you're coming from a visual standpoint, you talked about too, the, the stunt people for um, oh God, Team Red Pro, right? You let them kind of develop that choreography too. Is that, would you say that's like more your directing style? Like uh, I wouldn't call it hands off, but you know, just like, I guess you're a dog herder. Like, she, like herd these sheep in the right direction, maybe. So a lot of
7: times, so using Fortune Taker for an example, because that's a really good example. Um, we've got, you mentioned like you've got all these different dots that you're connecting. So the seventy two film fest criteria are usually really generous, right? They're really broad. So if we put a few of those dots in place before we get you know to writing it, uh so like, for instance, I thought it'd be cool to integrate some sort of three d um, animation into this. We all thought it'd be cool to do a noR. Nathan wanted to challenge himself by shooting in the three two aspect ratio so like we've got a sort of semi-set of restrictions already which help kind of box us in and then we get to the day and we get the criteria and then we're trying to think of okay well what could we possibly do with this and then okay now it's it's friday who do we actually have available to act (laughs) and what could they feasibly do what would they feasibly be able to pull off you know, and so those are the types of roles that we have available to us. And now um at that point our options become reasonably limited. And so it's a it's a act of creativity to figure out what kind of story we can tell and how we can integrate all these different kind of goalposts that we set for ourselves before even getting into writing.
5: Honestly, it's amazing Fortune Taker turned out the way it did, considering how many different uh, goals everyone had that were not necessarily all compatible. <laughs> Especially <laughs> yeah. the criteria. We lucked out that we didn't get Astronaut on that one. I don't know. What did you get for
2: that? You um, get Fortune Teller.
5: Yeah, Fortune Teller. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so nice. then we reversed that one. Nice. But I, I, I mean, honestly, I think it's, I think it's just uh, a product of the composition of our team, the fact that we don't really have anyone with an improv background on the core team but a lot of actors usually do so we sort of fill that gap by like well we know this part really well we'll figure this out then we'll bring in the actors whoever's available that weekend and we sort of have to recognize that that's where we're weak on so we lean on them to be like give us some of that energy some of that some of your creative viewpoint that we're lacking over here to help fill in the gaps um in the story so i think it's kind of just knowing knowing what you have And using it to to create something really cool.
2: Yeah, all right, cool. Are there any like last thoughts that you guys want to share with any other teams that might watch this, or like prospective teams who've never done this before who might be thinking about doing it? Or like like, my dad. Hopes for oh boy, well. (laughs) I would say. One thing we I think Um, one
7: thing we realized over the course of. Many of these and, and, and experience is that it's really really important that you do something that would be fun for you to do
6: mm-hmm.
7: and also try to think about what would be fun for you to watch at the end yeah. of it so don't think about necessarily what everybody else in your competition and everybody will, will want to watch at the end think about what you would enjoy watching and also enjoy doing you know so that yeah. I think should be one of the biggest questions that you ask yourself at the start of any film fest
2: yeah definitely yeah i I think that just based on like what everybody has said tonight too it's like you know you got to do what gets the creative juices flowing do what makes you happy and that's the whole reason to do this i mean we're not doing this to get paid obviously we're doing this because we somehow like to torture ourselves by giving ourselves you know challenges and i just hope that like in the coming year that we'll just keep getting more opportunities to do this. And hopefully COVID will, you know, get itself under control maybe, hopefully. That would be nice. But if not, hopefully we'll luck out and have good enough weather and be safe. And I don't know where I'm going with this other than <laughs> I just hope we can do a little bit more this year.
6: Right.
2: Um, since last year was so dry in terms of, you know, being able to be creative.
6: Yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing I have is the greatest regret of my life. And
3: that is that these film fests are so fun and so fast and you get to see like all these things. But for as long as I've been doing it, um, I've always been one step behind and actually like reaching out to these other teams after the contest and like really appreciating the fact that there was like talented people in my area you know and like wow. they're all really close and I, I see their work you know what I mean and I, and, I, and I get really excited about them and I kind of like sometimes put them in a 72 film fest bubble so that's why I was really excited you know Jonathan you know said hey they're doing this podcast I'm like great I've been like wanting this you know for so long because I want to like meet these people and talk to them outside of the film fest sometimes just because I'm, I'm like their fans, and they like they only exist <laughs> in this thing. So, um, so I mean that that's just like I, I would love going forward, you know, more of that. And it, it is it's always hard because the reason we like film fest is because it's one little thing. Um, but I don't know. I, I just would love to keep building the community around it.
5: Yeah, take advantage yeah. of the pool of talent around you, and everyone's always willing to help out. Uh, um, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, um, I want to encourage anybody to. To make something like make something that sucks, make something that's great. It doesn't matter. Um, my goodness, I wish that people could see the things that I started off with, um, but luckily those have been burned um, and the people all killed. No, no, okay, no, but like, but like for real, like mm. this is a phenomenal way to push yourself to do something that you're not as comfortable with, to do something right here, right now, you don't have time to think about, um, and to meet people that are also interested in doing it. Um, Because even though you barely get any sleep and the whole time you're wondering, uh, you know, is this going to work? And am I crazy and like, what are we doing? And my goodness, I need a vacation from this. This is a chance that you have to practice and hone your craft and a lot of people have talent a lot but talent is something people innately have craft is something you work at and if anyone gives you a chance to show a film that you've made take it and do it because this film no matter how it turns out is just going to make the next one better so keep going
4: keep pushing because that's how we improve I, all right. Well, I guess I'm the only one who's going to speak honestly here. Anyone, <laughs> you two, don't do it.
6: You're, you're gonna do lose it. Hair, Get you don't lose hair. You're
4: going to sleep. You're going to eat terribly. Uh, your family's going to worry about you. Uh, <laughs> no, someone had to make that joke. And unfortunately, it was me. But I, uh, it it is. It's just fun. That's all. It's At the end of the day, all of this is just fun for us it's like whether you want to hone your craft or you like find out if you're good it doesn't matter if you're good doesn't matter if you're bad like our goal with any of our films have never been to like okay okay, i hope we're getting best actor this year like oh let's win best costume it's never been that let's let's make something that's going to make us laugh let's make something like that we get excited about and if that's something you're interested in go for it you don't need the fancy equipment. You don't, you know, need a huge crew. A uh, bigger crew does help, but you know, co- be COVID safe. But uh, I just, if you want to go tell a story, do it. Like nothing's stopping you. You get a weekend if you can, if you can time manage it. One weekend, you can make a film. So that that just be my advice. Go for it. Nothing's stopping you.
1: Well, the only thing stopping you is you do need a Wyatt Unger on set, and you can email me at Wyatt Okay, all right, here we
4: go.
6: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'm seeing, uh, as maybe wrap up. So, you guys, yeah. you're 72 exclusive. Do you have any current or future projects you're doing outside of the, uh, the contest? Um, yeah, so
3: I uh, shot a like web series pilot last year, um, with some friends. And I'm editing that and I'm really excited. Nice. It has this big um think of like just a hideous, like big bird kind of costume. And um I would love like practical work <laughs> and stuff like that. So um the trailer's coming out soon. That's <laughs> so, awesome, man. so I'm really excited That's about awesome. that. Um, and then there's awesome. various other little like small things here and there. Very nice. Very nice. How about cool. you guys? Do you have other non-time restricted projects you're working on yes
2: yeah we actually have one that's almost done uh the last step's gonna be color correction which yes i'm <laughs> keep forgetting but i am gonna talk to mo about that yeah, that's, um, <laughs>
6: that's, <a dirty laughs> that's
2: literally the last step um so that'll be fun and that one's actually not a comedy which is kind of fun like a thriller thingamajig or something
4: that's cool yeah this is uh like a first major project without the time constraint but because we're so used to it we gave ourselves that challenge so we did shoot it in a weekend like we wrote it mm-hmm. a good while we did all our pre-planning so that when that weekend came to film because it was all in one location that like we could just all right we're used to this style like let's go and do it but this is the first production where like you know we did fundraising like um we paid people, uh, you know, we, uh, Exciting. you know, we got, we got to do some cooler stuff, even though we gave ourselves like the, uh, not the same time restrictions, but like we decided to move quickly, but we still took our time. Cause we did a little bit more intricate stunts. There was a lot more like makeup involved with some shots. And so it was, it was really cool. And, and, and this is one where I'm considering, like, I don't want this to go like, festival circuit or like because everything's an online festival circuit i would want mm-hmm. people to see this but like maybe uh, I, I, god i want to try see if we can get it on amazon prime or mm-hmm. some kind of yeah. platform where like yeah. more people can see it
2: exactly you know um
4: yeah. so that's that's exciting because that's the first time we've really taken that step mm-hmm. into that i mean like w- and uh, all of our own rights were professionally professionals way but for us to professionally put like a whole short narrative film and get it out to like you know people internationally would be huge yeah. huge for us yeah. so i'm I'm really excited about it but yeah. we got to color it first so let's get <laughs> Elmo. but while
2: he's doing that we can yeah. start looking at other stuff
4: yeah we've got um, other stuff that will go to like online uh festivals and stuff but
2: yeah it's, yeah
4: it's usually touched up 48 hours that we just didn't put on youtube yet so. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah um we also have so charlie henry who's also part of our group him and i also uh have improv shows that we've been doing like the dc improv um, and stuff like that through zoom which was my goodness if you want to talk about like having covid really affect you like theater and transitioning everything to a screen and figuring out how to make that work is a whole is a whole thing but it's like we have a show on thursday the 11th um, but yeah, so like we have that kind of stuff, um, that's coming up, but, but yeah, I'm super excited for that film and I do hope we can get it streaming. It'll be cool.
5: Awesome. Good luck guys. Is everyone uh, doing the, uh, the fest this year?
2: Hope so.
4: Please, uh, please. God. God. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hopefully yeah. it
2: doesn't rain so that we can shoot out. The <laughs> whole <Yeah>. again. <laughs>
4: stay, stay COVID safe this year. Hopefully we get a project or we write something that, that lens be to being great. covid safe like yeah uh, or we all get shots more puppets that's or, the hope. Show or something i still
6: go.
2: i still think we could do a zoom movie i'm
4: so film. surprised
7: a we zoom didn't see more film
2: that's what so i'm so surprised
7: we didn't see more of those
2: shot on iphone yeah. one day it'll uh. happen i'm still i'm still hoping for that iphone movie guys <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh, yeah. cool. you know my, dro- my my droid shoots 4k as well what? i was like what, 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 um okay so. you guys, you guys doing it i mean it's, that's what oh, yeah. this is right the oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah this, this year
5: uh my wife is a huge horror fan and she has demanded that we finally tackle horror so that is going to be Criteria be damned. We're <laughs> <laughs> going to make it work. And we are going to deliver a
4: horror film. A
5: hopeful horror, horror film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the
6: most hopeful
4: horror film. I- I I'd, I'd, I would love to give you our our makeup specialist cuz she loves doing or and everything but, but we she's want ours you to her, so and <laughs> I want you guys to win.
2: Right? Yeah. yeah. If, if she worked for you guys and then got best makeup, we'd be real salty.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, we're excited to see your stuff though. Oh, this yeah. year so you guys awesome. better her. Yeah, okay.
5: Cool. Oh yeah, we're, yeah, we're in. Looking forward to seeing you guys, looking forward to seeing Starwipe wins something again. Yeah, yeah. You know?
2: sure. And stepdad, I'm sure.
5: <laughs>
3: Laser Star. <center>. Okay.
0: <laughs> and that's it for this one. We want to thank everyone on Comatose and Shrug for joining us, and come back in two weeks for Picos Bill and the Wranglers meets Starwipe. If you'd like to catch up on their films before watching and listening, once again, check out the playlist on 72fest.com. Registration is open for this year, so if you'd like to join in on the fun of making a movie in a weekend, go ahead and sign up. And if you've participated in the past three years and would like to be a part of the podcast, reach out and we'll set you up with the team. And with that, I've been your voice in the sky, Marcus Ellison, and this has been Tales from the 72, signing off.